It's time for Twig this week in Google, our last episode of 2022. We've got the Festivus poll already. We're going to celebrate the advent of winter and talk about, well, everything except Elon. I feel sorry for him. Have I mentioned that? It's coming up next this week in Google with Stacy, Ant, and Jeff. Stay here. Podcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. This is Twig. This week in Google, episode 695, recorded Wednesday, December 21st, 2022. The airing of grievances. This episode of This Week in Google is brought to you by Fastmail. Reclaim your privacy, boost productivity, and make email yours with Fastmail. Try it free for 30 days. Fastmail.com slash twit. Fastmail is also giving twit listeners a 15% discount on the first year when you sign up today at Fastmail.com slash twit. Thanks for listening to this show as an ad-supported network. We are always looking for new partners with products and services that will benefit our qualified audience. Are you ready to grow your business? Reach out to advertise at twit.tv and launch your campaign now. It's time for Twig this week in Google, the show where we uh, talk about Google, Twitter, Facebook, Elon, Twitter, Facebook, Google, and all of the other stuff. Stacey Higginbotham is here, but but really we're on sh- a short leash today. At any moment, she could just <laughs> throw up her hands and leave. So, or just throw up, or just throw up. Oh, whichever. either way, either way. So thrilled to see you. <laughs> Last show of the year, Stacey. Your long nightmare is almost over. Uh, two weeks off. We'll be gone next week. We'll do the best of, and then we'll be back January fourth. And it starts all over again. Uh, Jeff Jarvis is here. He's the Leonard Tao Professor for Journalistic Innovation at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at the City University of New York. Hello, Mr. Jarvis. Hello, boss. How are you? I am great. Jeff's going to be with us for our special holiday, our Christmas uh, twit. It was I brought in all the old timers. So it's you, the Steve Gibson, Paul Therott, and Doc Searles. Uh, old white men yelling at Christmas. It's going to be a great episode. Paul's grumpier than I knew. Oh yeah, he's super grumpy. Yeah, I, I didn't know. realize quite. Yeah, he's, I don't he's know. He's funny why. grumpy. It's good yeah. grumpy. It's amusing, entertaining yeah. grumpy. You know, but he's it, always it, cheerful. It comes out differently than Windows Weekly. Yeah. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. You know, he's always cheerful. This I just wonderful. don't understand what he's grumpy about on Windows Weekly. I guess that's the difference. Yeah, it's because he uses Windows. He'd be grumpy too. Yeah. Mister yeah, yeah, yeah. Mister <laughs> Amp Pruitt is here. He is ready. He's got his cigar jammed in his mouth. He's got his hat jammed oh, on his head, and he's ready. It's to- supposed to be a hat, but it's actually just a stocking. Oh, somebody sent you a stocking full of cigars, which is pretty cool. You know, if yep. you just had a little, uh, so little gaffer's tape, you could just attach that to your head. Yeah. Uh, oh, speaking of gaffer's tape. Look, there is a roll. <laughs> now, that's not oh duct gosh. tape. Have you has it around. Don't yeah, there's always like, gaffer's tape on my desk. Gaffer's always tape's so. the greatest stuff. Yeah, just maybe we'll figure this just out. Just put a, a better around one. Yeah. <laughs> so we lead off with this terrible news from the uh, subreddit, data, data is beautiful. They, you know, they like to do graphs about data. They do all sorts of stuff. This is uh, life expectancy by occupation. For people with a Wikipedia page, let me make this a little bit bigger. Of course, right at the top, longest life expectancy, billionaires. Because they don't have to deal with the day-to-day crap 
The rest well, of, of us do, right? Then biochemists, I don't know why, conservationists, geneticists, neuroscientists, archivists. Well, they're all cheating, doing something to their genes and their biology. Maybe you need ist in your in your title to yeah. sociologists, ecologists. They don't do anything, sociologists. Statisticians, psychologists. Yeah, this is all people who don't do anything. Philanthropists, psychoanalysts, what do they do? They sit there and uh, talk, listen to you. They sit on a couch. Business women. There is, as far as I can tell, there was no business men category. That's because the men is understood. It's understood. This is the, that's what makes you unique. Meteorologists, microbiologists. Now we're going to go to the very bottom. Dot, dot, dot. These are the people who uh, have short life expectancy. As you might expect, drummers right in the top there. <laughs> Nationalists. <laughs> Nationalists. <laughs> explorers. Now, this is on Wikipedia. Well, that so, makes sense. Yeah, explorers. Yeah, yeah, of course. They run into lions and stuff. Dissidents. They don't do well. Soldiers. Guitarists, which this surprised me because I thought drummers certainly would go faster than guitarists, but no. Uh, the, the, it's not very far apart. The drugs are about the same. Spies. Wow. <laughs> that's a bad habit. Spies, they go fast. You know, spies is probably less. They just don't get on Wikipedia. Ah, they probably die quicker. Ah, these are the oh, bad the point, spies. The they should say that. Bad <laughs> these spies. are the bad spies. <laughs> these, are, these are the ones that got caught. Princesses, they're very low. But I think princesses probably is skewed a little bit by Diana, right? Keyboardists, right. Yeah. worse than guitarists and drummers. But you know who's worse than keyboardists? Princes. And then royalty in general, very poor. Very poor. Uh, revolutionaries. And then, wait a minute, what's that? Podcasters? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. We're, we're oh, the only no. people have lived your time already. The only people who have worse yeah. life expectancy are kickboxers and rappers. Oh, my gosh. So, what's the actual median age of the four of us? Uh, we're way, you know, I mean, look, it looked like most the podcasters push it up. don't even get to 48. So, uh, oh, yeah, obviously, shoot. you and I I'm are 44. So, yeah, watch out, Stacey. I, I'm in should, trouble. You should oh, switch boy. your career to billionaire as quickly as you can. Well, I, you know, technically, <laughs> I'm a journalist. Yeah, our journalists aren't even on this list. We, are, we aren't even on here. No. <laughs> Why are journalists not? Maybe you're in the middle. You're in the middle somewhere. Yeah. Have to we're, be. We're journalists have wikis. Yeah. Some of them do, right? No, this, you see the dot, dot, dot. That's all the, that's the uh, fly, oh, okay. the flyover life expectancies. Yeah. That's, the flyover. <laughs> people who don't who, matter. They don't matter. <laughs> They're we gone. Don't, we don't care. They're, can you believe podcasters? I saw this, and and this is not made up. You would think this is, but no, this is, uh, the data is beautiful. These are data scientists. They scrape the data from Wikipedia, and podcasters are right down there at the bottom. But I wonder what is this based on? Is this like, who is skewing us? Who are the famous? Is it violence? Uh, yeah, why? Why? Health, you're saying why? Health. Yeah. Right. Well, there's a lot of comedians who are podcasters, oh, and those they, people yeah, can do a lot of drugs. Are usually very young. sad, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing we're webcasters. <laughs> Netcasters, <laughs> sir. Netcasters. Get it, right, oh, Mr. Get it Chef. I messed up the punchline. Jeez. <laughs> it's probably, there's probably a good reason for this. Uh, you know, it's a newer profession. Uh, anybody who's died in it died young because... You know, how long could you have been a podcaster for or something? Well, I want to know YouTubers because those people oh. do some crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see uh, the article about Logan Paul? Scammer? Yeah. He does. It, it's a he, you know, he's a Je Jeff. You you know who Logan Paul is because you follow all this Barely. VidCon stuff. Yeah, some, but not much. I don't look. He, I mix him up with his brother. Yeah. 
Logan. Is that Paul Logan? No. Uh, the other Paul. <laughs> but Logan Paul um, uh, does, you know, like he, I think he's the one who set the mattress on fire. They were all living in a room. Like stunt and stuff videos? Like that. Yeah, it's stunt. Videos? It's stunt. Yeah. Yeah. It's stunt. And uh, apparently, wrestler. Here, here it is. How influencers hype crypto without disclosing their financial ties. Logan Paul's one of them. This is a. I don't know who took this picture, but this that is picture is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that, that look on his Logan face. Logan Paul, a 27 year old boxer and social media influencer. Uh, but then I'm really curious who this guy is. Is is he a journalist? Maybe he's one of those short lived podcasters you hear about. It's the strangest picture. It looks like they're on you Wall sit Street. All day just talking, and that's what happens yeah. to your rear end. <laughs> it's very strange. Anyway, uh, enough of that. We don't need to go into Logan Paul. Uh, but I think he had another NFT uh, rug pull, which he swore this is not a rug pull. But but you know what? NFTs at this point. I mean, look at the Trump NFTs. It's obvious. It's they're just scam. They're grifts. All of them at this point, right? I was yeah. about to say that's that's something to give you a reason to give them money. Yeah, that's all it is. That's all it is. That's all it's it is. Money laundering. Yeah. So Stacy put a, a story in here, so we're going to do it. Stacy is fascinated by uh, artificial oh. intelligence, as we all are. Stable diffusion, uh, chat GPT, Dolly 2. Well, there's a new one. The folks who gave you chat GPT have now done a new AI. This is from OpenAI. Point E, an AI that generates 3D models. Okay, this isn't actually my story, but this is an interesting story. No, all right. I thought it, wait a minute. I'm like. Oh, the one above, the Roomba. Okay, we got some good stories. It's okay, we we can talk about point E. I mean, the Roomba kind of ties to the MSG stuff. Yeah, we'll get, yeah, the MSG story really pissed me off. But anyway, we'll get to that in a second. Um, So I I think you're going to see now suddenly this explosion of AI applied to everything. 3D models. Let's talk about the recursive nature of all this, because I'm fascinated by what GPT chat can do and can't do and the limitations of some of the like uh, stable diffusion, Lunza, all of these, um, because, you know, basically because something is trained on all this existing data and it's pretty much regurgitating bits of that. The argument is like, oh, does it create something new? I don't know. Um, it, it does. Um, but how do we create truly new things if we're building on top of this? And this kind of gets to the artist's rights, but I'm I'm really just like fascinated by, again, like if we start generating all of this and create so much copy that is AI generated or art that's AI generated, does it become you use the less, right word, I think. Recurse, the, the world becomes Yeah, does recursive. it become less valuable over time, more nonsensical? Well, what I mean, happens I when you don't put anything new into the system? Oh, There's two, there's oh. a few interesting things. There was a story out last week that said that we're going to run out of data to train AI, which I think is absurd. Um, uh, but I think I think you're right, Stacey. I think I was writing a post today that's not done, but, but I think that content becomes just simply less valuable it, because anybody can make content. You can build a machine to make content. It, it becomes whatever. To but your point, though, content. what's interesting? Good content. Okay, sorry. Becomes more valuable. Or art. I don't well, know. What is I, it? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but 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 the other thing, I, I reread the stochastic pirates, parrots, or stochastic pirates. I like that. And you can see there's a generational problem as it declines in quality as it gets 
parsed through many generations. Parrots turned into pirates. Pirates. <laughs> but, but the other, the other, uh, I like sarcastic parrots is the one that Tim Nick Gibru and, uh, and what's her name? Williamson. Wrote. I forget her name. I forgot her name now. Too. No. Yeah. Forget her name. Anyway. But, but what, but, but there's, I, to me, what the, I, I, I said this to somebody today on, on Mastodon, because Stacey, to your point, I think we've got to know what brand of AI we're talking to. By this, I mean it's one that reflects the world as it is on the internet, with all its biases and limitations yes. and exclusions. Yes. Or it's one that is trained in a curatorial manner, with limitations. Or we only gave it the stuff, so we make sure we get better stuff. Which one is it? I think the reflective is not necessarily bad, to the extent that it says this is the world you made, folks. Blame yourselves. Hmm. The curatorial. Well, is difficult, and 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 we're going to see different, I think, efforts of understanding which AI we're talking to. That's a good point, and I would say on the curatorial side, there's no perfect AI, no. right? Like, no. I mean, so like it's kind of like when you visit another country, you just accept that they do things differently here, right? Some people don't mm -hmm. like visiting countries because that's what happens. So I think every A model is going depending on who trained it and what values were ascribed to what it's doing. Every AI model is going to have their own little biases or cultures. If we, and if we stop calling it, I mean, we probably should keep calling it biases because right now there are lots of actual harmful things. But if we start calling it culture, how does that change how we might think about it? Because, you know, I could build an AI that recognizing that I built an AI that is harmful to women or black people, you know, I can try to adjust that. And then I should say, though, that, you know, this is where this is the culture I'm trying to build. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to think mm -hmm. about like, yes, because people, yeah. people think, and this drives me absolutely bonkers. People think because it is technology, because it's AI or data driven, that it's neutral and it's not not just because we have an assignment things to it yeah or accurate yeah, that's exactly right. the point of stochastic parrots is that right. we're going to ascribe more value to it because it's somehow you know a machine you know a computer generated and it's a machine and 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 we shouldn't right jeff am i summarizing that accurately right, right. Yeah. yeah well it, it's it's that um it brings the it brings the limitations of biases and exclusions of the world with it um, and that there's a, an ethical responsibility to then deal with that, to Stacey's point, though. But how do you get your hands around it enough to say, okay, I can guarantee this is not biased against women? Well, well what does that mean? How do you guarantee that? Um, is that a skewed view of the world? Is that... How do you um, define women? Is yeah, it built by terms? Bingo. Bingo. <laughs> Hmm. Well, so by the way, uh, Margaret Schmitchell is the uh, the Thank other you. author, uh, yes. along with uh, Tim Nick Gebru and uh, Angelina McMillan Major and Emily Bender. They wrote this. This was the piece that got Margaret Mitchell and uh, Tim Nick Gebru fired from Google because uh, this is Google said, "Well, we're doing, this is what we're doing." <laughs> so, so Emily stuff. Bender is is very good on on Mastodon. Uh, she and, and, and oh, have to both her. on Mastodon. Oh, I'll have to but follow Bender's her. very good. She talks a lot about bad media coverage of AI, you know, going overboard and, 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 and losing their breath about how wonderful it is and amazing it is. You know, let's be realistic about what it can do, which is Stacey's point, I think. They conclude, we have identified a wide variety of 
costs and risks associated with the rush for ever larger language models, including environmental costs. We know, for instance, chat that's GPT, a big yeah. Sam Altman says, burns $3 million a day. And that's, of course, almost all electricity. Uh, you know, it's a very expensive thing to do. Uh, and by the way, the environmental costs are borne typically by those not benefiting from the resulting technology. Financial costs, which in turn erect barriers to entry, limiting who can contribute to this research area, which languages can benefit from the most advanced techniques. You see a lot of it's in mm. English, probably a lot of it in Chinese as well, right? Opportunity costs as researchers pour away effort from directions requiring less resources. And then, of course, the risk of substantial harm, stereotyping, denigration, Increases in extremist ideology, wrongful arrest, which we've seen, of course, with face recognition. We're going to get to that particular subject in a second. Yep. Um, so they say NLP researchers should carefully weigh those risks while pursuing this research direction and consider whether the benefits outweigh the risks. I think that's a very appropriate thing. That's exactly why you hire Tim Nick Gebru and Margaret Mitchell at Google to be, you know, ethical AI, to be be the people, you know, saying, hey, be careful here. And as soon as they did it, Google said, eh, well, no, no, you don't want to be careful. Well, no. it's not just be careful. I think I think the messaging that we have against them is kind of like it portrays them as kind of like prim or schoolmarmish, like, oh, ethics, oh, wokeness. I think the message here isn't just be careful. It is this is not value neutral. And that right. has big Very implications, right. positive and negative. Right. Like in, in I think Google and all the companies, they cynically want to sell you. This concept of technology as a solution, and you know who has bought into it? And this is driving me nuts because it affects our privacy. The government. The government is like really bought into this. And by the government, I mean federal government. I mean your municipal governments who are like anybody someone says data-driven. They're using it as an excuse to avoid making hard policy decisions. Exactly. That's another important part of this stochastic parrot's paper. We note the risks associated with synthetic but seemingly coherent text are deeply connected to the fact that such synthetic text can enter into conversations without any person or entity being accountable for it. This accountability both involves responsibility for truthfulness and is important in situating meaning because, and this is where people go, well, it's got to be true. It's data-driven, right? Uh, and you're right. That's how people avoid responsibility. Well, your city council says, well, we got the data. You know, the data told us this. It's not our responsibility. Well, anyway. that's, that's the other part about, about this is that, is that NLP, I've well, said this again and again on the show, though what I've learned about it is that it only predicts the next best word. Right. The next word that is best. Right. It does not deal with facts. Well, it doesn't understand now, you content could, you could at all, do that. really. Right? It doesn't stand content at all. It is just what is going to sound right to the human ear based on what we produce in the past. That's all it does. So there's a story I put in the rundown, which you'll ignore anyway. No, I don't so want to change the subject. Now. So hold on a second. One more well, thought. No, it's the same, the same subject. No, no, it's but one subject. more thought. I just wanted to respond to what Stacey's original point, okay. which I think was well taken. If, if all content is generated by AI, who's going to generate the new stuff? And I, ah. I do think there's a point to be made there, Stacy. But I remember my English teacher in, in high school saying there's only three stories. You know, you have to know your Homer, you have to know your Bible, and you have to know your Shakespeare. Then you know every story. So all creativity is based on, not all, but a, prior art. a lot of We've it's prior We've added art, another right? story. We've added, so man versus man, man versus nature. Oh, now we have man versus machine, yeah. Man versus machine. What's yeah. the other one? Um, man versus man, man, nature. 
Man versus the gods? What? No? No, we had that all along. That was the first oh, one. Oh, man versus himself. Oh, Himself, himself yes. other men, nature. Yeah. And now we've added machines. I would argue maybe society. I mean, if you look at a lot of like kind of the literature, I, I don't know about society. Anyway, I would say we've That's added That's kind of man versus more. himself, right? I'm going to tell Mr. Society? Leonard. Mr. Leonard, we got two more. And, you know, the other the other flip side is like there are only 41 stories and Shakespeare's written all of them. Right. So I don't right. I mean, but but you're right. I mean, and that's what that's a good question, though, is where does where does the new stuff come from? Where's this? Well, but, but the, here's the here's the here's I, I said this on the show last week that when Montaigne did his essays, oh, history moment, uh -oh. Um, he set the bar for joining the public conversation as being a writer. And what's freaking out professors and teachers about about chat GPT is we'll never know whether the student really wrote it or not. And I've seen creative teachers have ideas about, well, maybe you'd have the student judge the chat GPT and look into its logic and look into its facts and decide whether it's any good or not. But the point That's is what they the, do with Wikipedia special privilege. It? They say Wikipedia yeah, is a starting point, not a, not your not your essay. Right. But the, but the point becomes that the that the privilege that all of us here have as writers kind of goes away. It's not so special anymore. And so where does the value lie then? I think it lies in thought and conversation and lived experience and unique ways to say things. And it potentially opens that up and says content is a commodity. Uh, look at the hot takes, all the hot takes on Atlantic and New York Times columnists and all over. We're overdone with hot Thanks takes. Thanks to Twitter, it's commoditized. <laughs> yeah, podcasts yeah. on Twitter. Uh, yeah. So there's um, something else, Leo, that I don't, I don't think it's a new kind of content. I think it's more around, uh, in my view, it's always about, about uh, recapturing conversation. It's about connections with people. It's about valuing lived experiences that were not part of mass media. And to steal a page now from, listen to. from your book, I mean, you've always said the Internet is it's too early. It's so new. AI is even newer. So we don't yep. yet know how it's going to be incorporated. I think as a chess player, I think back 20 years ago when the first computers beat the world champion and now computers are regularly accepted to be better than any human ever could be by a long shot and at the time i think a lot of us said well that's it for chess no human's going to ever want to play a game that the computer could beat him every single time but it actually hasn't and a couple of things that have happened i think will happen with ai as well a lot of modern chess is a collaboration between humans and computers so they'll use computers to do analyses on a position but the humans will add this human element to it uh, and there's still a very active and exciting and, and an entertaining uh, process of watching humans compete against each other. We try really hard to keep the computer out of those competitions, but in, in preparation, <laughs> sure well we they're very much used. As a journalist, I think some of the stories that most journalists hate writing, like, yeah. like oh, God. Yeah, GPT I, could do like, those. <laughs> the city right, council like, meeting. Give a, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I actually think sports, financial reports, I yeah. think city council meetings are worth getting like that's where your experience can come into play. And chat GPT probably will fail. Um, you could write but, chat GPT could write the base. Here's what happened as it does with sports and finance. Right. The human is the one who has to understand what happened. What right. Exactly. And provide context like, yeah. hey, this yeah. happened here. Or this person has. This. And I think. I mean, Jeff, I, I, you're sweet for saying that I'm a writer, but I'm not. I think that's where reporting, we, we went like after like Hunter S. Thompson and Joan Didion and all these like luminaries of like feature writing came out. Everyone was like Rick Bragg. Everyone's like, I am a writer. Yes. But I think there's a lot of value 
in journalism. Mm-hmm. And I think that mm-hmm. will come back out and we can, we can kind of create to some that degree that and, happened in chess. We value human chess games yeah. higher now. Those Styles. are, so I want to hear Ant on this when you, when in terms you, of you illustration. You said a second ago uh, how chess is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. If you're not watching I video, know. just forget what I said, but uh, Ant's got a strange interesting hat. hat taped to his <laughs> No, but you were talking about the human element versus the computer element inside of a, a chess match. And me as an outsider looking in and into the game of chess, uh, I'm to the point where it seems like all chess is just a calculated it move. It is. That's um, why computers are so good at it. But it doesn't such, seem like there's any type of human element in it. No, there it is. Versus, say, like the poker table. Yeah, um, because where it's more it's, luck. Because poker is yeah, very... Yeah. Yeah, yeah calculating but at the same time a wink of an eye or a twitch or something is that human element that can change a a, a hand in chess is it the same way not at all because i just see it as just data yeah i mean at its root it's it is data uh and actually i guess you could say it's almost like a competition between humans and a calculator who can calculate the largest division you know (laughs) (laughs) and obviously calculator is always going to win humans can only do so much that's the same thing with chess uh, although there's a, ma- a certain amount of intuition. But yeah, although some chess players say, you know, he's psyching me out the way he's looking, the way he's acting, and there's certainly... Okay, so they, they do have that. Okay. There's, well, but you know what? Uh, the difference is, the car- just like the cards speak, uh, unlike poker, you see the whole position. There's no, mm-hmm. there's no mystery going on. So uh, I think psychology has a lesser... There's no bluffing in chess. No right? bluffing, right. Right. You can act like you won, but if you haven't, <laughs> it's going to quickly become <laughs> you, can, you can freak somebody out. All I out, know yeah. is your, your queen is still there, dude. So that's <laughs> exactly one of the problems and- we talked about was uh, with Lenza uh, and AI. And there was a good Wired article about this making sexist images of women, not oh, men. Yeah. yeah. But this is correctable. Yeah. And I just wanted to show you I had uh, a week ago generated a bunch of pictures of my wife some of which I can't show you. They're not safe for work. But I just did the same thing, same pictures. And and then now it's doing Christmas pictures, by the way. And they're they're fantastic. I think yeah, that they, they're much better. And there is and there's no cleavage. There's none of the weirdness that they did to Lisa. These are the she she will be much happier, although she did save some of those she 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 put a few of them up. <laughs> sexy online. pictures, yeah. 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 That's about well, as sexy I, I, got, as those, I pissed off. I pissed off Sam on Twitter because I said that it looked like it was run by you know a, a horny teenage boy. Yeah. It was and, creepy. Well, no, it was creepy. Just 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 look at it. And obviously they've they've listened they've, to the to the public. They did something. They flipped the switch. They this is the curation it. point. Exactly. You curate the data in, but you also limit the data out. There must be a, um, a setting. Well, I, I, angelic setting. Yeah. There's some. There's something going on. Uh, this is like right. elven fairy princess. Setting. Yeah, there's different categories. Yeah. There's different categories. So, and I wanted to do this because I love seasonal. Lord of the Rings. But these are beautiful. These are these yeah, are like are nice. paintings. They're they're really good. And so that's an example of a human going, yeah, we better fix that and changing the parameters and making something that's really uh, fantastic. So I'm trying to get to Ant on this. And as a as a as a photographer and an artist and especially a portrait person. Mm-hmm. How do you portrait person? That wasn't what I was trying to say. Portrait artist. Um, how do you look at this in a few ways? Uh, both the competitive angle of uh, being able to illustrate profiles with this, but the, also the input side of it. That surely some of the portraits you've done somewhere 
are in here teaching the machine. How do you look at this? Yeah, when if it's something scrapable, like I believe we mentioned this last week, Fine Art America, you mm-hmm. know, that's where that's a, where your a lot is. of my prints yeah. are, are are coming from. That's public, and if an AI wants to scrape that to try to train itself, it it's, it it clearly can because it's public and not something that I can just take away unless I physically take it down, if you will. Um, but when it comes to just doing portraits, I, I still don't believe this AI is going to take me out or take any other photographers out because there's a certain human connection that's involved in that portrait session that a computer can't replicate. Uh, yeah, these prompts are, you better be really, really good at your prompts to make them look good because you can just put in, I need a portrait of somebody sitting on the beach at sunset and it'll put something out there and it may not look that good. And then you start adding in all of these additional parameters. And next thing you know, an hour later, you're still moving the sliders around in this AI and it still isn't quite right when you could have just hired a photographer to do it. Yeah. I uh, recently followed a, a woman who is a graphic artist who said she's pulling all of her public uh, stuff off because and that's fair because yeah. it's feeding the algorithms yeah, yeah. yeah well fair. and what's interesting is when you upload those photos of lisa those are become part of the training data right yeah all of a sudden huh so yeah now what's interesting is if aunt like let's say aunt took some amazing photos of me and i uploaded them then by my actions aunt has lost control of his ability to pull his art from there which yeah i mean you know and I found this interesting the other day I was playing in stable diffusion. You remember when we talked about podcasts having lunch or podcaster having lunch as a, yeah, that was a a mid journey thing we did when we first started doing this. Yeah. Right. So I pretty much did the same thing in stable diffusion. I had the prompt in front of me and it says podcaster having lunch in the style of an animation going effect. And the result fascinated me. This is what it came up with. Oh, I like it. First of all, it wasn't a guy anymore. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, huh, what triggered that? Yeah. Interesting. You know, so something's going on um, with these these uh, generators because they, they see that a lot of, there's a lot of diversity out there when it comes to something like podcasting. Now, there's some other things from the diversity standpoint that still needs a little work, but who knows? It's getting a little better. Which is really all you can ask with this sort of stuff yeah. is that is that when you put this stuff up out there, you explain as much as you can what you're trying to do, and then you accept constructive criticism, and then you adjust. I mean, mm-hmm. it's basically like how to be a decent person, if you think about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Same things you, you teach your, your daughter. Right. Uh, moving on, let's talk about, since we were talking about facial recognition, uh, we'll get to your story uh, in a second, but we should set it up with this story from Madison Square Garden. I think probably a lot of people saw it. It got a lot of coverage. Uh, Mom was bringing her daughter uh, to Radio City Music Hall the weekend after Thanksgiving. It was a Girl Scout field trip to see the Christmas show with the Rockettes and everything. But while her daughter, other members of the Girl Scout troop, and their mothers got to go to the show... This mother, Kelly Conlon, was not allowed in. Face recognition caught her as she entered. Security guards approached her as she got into the lobby. She said, I, I, I heard them say, woman with long, dark hair and gray scarf. She was asked her name, asked to produce identification. 
they said face recognition picked you up. She says she posed no threat, but the guards kicked her out with the explanation they knew she was an attorney. They knew mm-hmm. my name before I told them. They knew the firm I was associated with before I told them. And they told me I was not allowed to be there. MSG Entertainment, which owns Madison Square Garden, was apparently... Which is a bilious company huge, with bilious owners. Huge. We're going to get to that. Yeah. Uh, she works for a law firm, Davis, Saperstein & Solomon, which has been involved in a personal injury lawsuit against a restaurant venue owned by MSG. She says, I don't practice in New York. I'm not an attorney that works on any cases against MSG, but all attorneys from her firm are banned, and they used face recognition to recognize those attorneys and block them from entering. That's their right, yeah. isn't it? Hey, it, it, uh, if you, 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 if you it's can keep somebody the, out of the you investigation, you right? It, yeah. The whole, so the whole scheme, a- says one of her partners, is a pretext for doing collective punishment on adversaries who would dare sue MSG in their multi-billion dollar network. Well, I mean, what's wrong with this is the human pieces, the Dolans, and I worked with them, and I had cable vision for a while, and I I, I worked on one of their cable networks here in New Jersey. It, it, it's an awful, awful company. It's a terrible company. It, it is, and so it the policy reflects start poorly there. on them, yeah. yeah how, how you, you, will, how you, you will never see the Rockettes there. again, Jeff. Well, but speaking of which, that is the most boring thing on earth, even with the camels. It's a tradition. Knock it off. Oh, they, I don't They have care. camels, too. Oh, wow. Oh. I was um, just a mom taking my daughter to see a Christmas show, she's told NBC New York. I did wait outside. It was embarrassing. It was mortifying. Of course it was. Well, her yeah. daughter was inside. She yeah. was outside. That's just awful. Well, the thing is, if, if this was... Why wasn't she privy to this information? Is it because she's too low on the totem pole, if you will? Is that the phrase? Uh, MSG know, says, we told that law firm twice they would not be allowed in, that the that they knew what the policy was. Uh, so they said, you know, she ought to know. She, she She's not going to come in. By the way, they are now challenging them because MSG has a liquor license, which requires them to admit members of the public unless there are people who would be disruptive or constitute a security threat. So they may actually oh, wow. have grounds Loophole? to get them, <laughs> or wow. cost well, them their liquor There's licenses. a lot that's yeah. There's a lot that's covered under like, hey, it's a private business. We refuse the right to serve people, right? Uh, like yes. we refuse, mm-hmm. we have the right to refuse service. Yeah. Um, but there's also a, the government. There's a public interest in most members of the public being allowed to go to places that they expect to be. Allowed in. Like there's this is a classic issue of public rights versus private rights, right? And the new angle here is the ability to enforce it using against more people using this kind of technology to actually limit them from coming in. So now you're saying you you can actually with because usually if you're gonna uh what's the word I'm looking for? Discriminate against an individual person you've had actual interactions with them, right? Like, you know, they're, they're James Corden in your whatever restaurant he got banned from, right? <laughs> so, you, you know, and there's right. a reason, right? He apologized, by the way, and it's been allowed back yeah. in, I just want to say. <laughs> they're not charged in a court of law, but like, you know, they're like, well, he's, it, he's behaved badly. They don't. Yeah, you behave like a having, jerk. It's their right to, to yeah. and, and it's, but she wasn't behaving like but, a jerk, I guess. that's. But clear. here's the issue. Their contention could be that anybody who behaves like a jerk, like someone who's a jerk to them on Twitter, 
Does that mean they shouldn't, you know, now that you have easy access to this imagery and facial recognition, Mm. at what level do you, and and this is a public private interest kind of claim. And so I think this should go all the way to the courts. And I really want to see what happens here because this is exactly the sort of governmental policy we need to start thinking about. Well, you got to remember, we have a Supreme Court that said it's okay not to bake a cake for a gay couple or, uh, I mean. Yes, but I mean, we still have, I don't love our current Supreme Court, but this is what we're set up to do. So we should probably do it. And knowing that this sort of thing is going to come up a lot in the next few years, maybe we should think about our court. Just think about it. What if the Dolans decide, well, yeah, we don't, we don't like podcasters. Uh, Right. We're just going to block all podcasters. I mean, they own. So then the, we get to the, the question the of, of a place of public accommodation, right? And and uh, which is a restaurant, which they can do. But is there a point at which it's no? This is truly public. You have to let people in. The same question will come with Twitter. Uh, the same issues get raised with Musk killing accounts of journalists there, and we get our up in arms, and I'm up in arms about it because he's just a jerk. But he had the right to do it. He could he could throw people off Twitter. He owns it now. I, I feel like a physical just, place uh, somehow seems like it should be more open than, say, a social network. But I guess that's just mm-hmm. an old-fashioned point of view that Twitter is no different than Madison. Well, I don't Square want Garden. Twitter to be named a place of public accommodation that must be open because that's that would force you. That's what the Republicans want to do. The right. Republicans want to say you must carry our noxious speech. You are not allowed to moderate. You do not have a freedom so of expression around. Is it different if if the Dolans decided we're not going to allow Donald Trump into the Radio City Music Hall? Is that different from Twitter saying we're not going to allow Donald Trump to post on Twitter? That's the question. That's exactly Twitter the is less of a, I mean, the government has not said that there is no rules around social media. We have not said that everyone has a right to be on social media. The government has through liquor licenses, there is there is a recognition in our laws that people are generally allowed into places where the public can gather. Right. Whether it's a coffee shop, whether I mean, yes, you can charge tickets, you can. But we, we have we have established like laws around that. And so to to be kicked out of that requires one like. You have to do something bad or you have to, you know, violate a policy. Um, and it's done not through some mechanism like across a large place. It's done at an individual level as you try to walk in the door. Now, if this person, I suppose, would it make it better if everybody who was doing security at Madison Square Garden had a list of photos of all of the lawyers and then they were like, okay. Like right, the good, ease good at which you can do this makes it a little more concerning, I guess. Then there's the case of Scale AI, which is, this is the story uh, you put in, which is really an interesting story. Uh, Scale AI is a contractor in Venezuela, or they are, uh, they hire people in Venezuela, probably in other places around the world, to review and label audio, photos, and video data for training artificial intelligence. Same thing, right? They gather it from wherever they can. Uh, In the fall of 2020, according to the MIT Technology Review, 
Gig workers in Venezuela posted a series of images to online forums where they gathered to talk shop. These photos were mundane, if sometimes intimate household scenes captured from low angles, including some you really wouldn't want shared on the Internet. In one particularly Mm -hmm. revealing shot, a young woman in a lavender T-shirt sits on the toilet, her shorts pulled down to mid-thigh. The images are not taken by a person, but by a Roomba. By development versions of iRobot's Roomba J7 series vacuum, sent to scale AI to be... Wait, wait, wait. Development versions. So this was not a customer who just bought it? It was a special version? Unclear. Um, It's a customer who opts in, I I believe, and I have not confirmed this. This is a customer who opts into like... A beta. beta, Let me tell you. Well, it's like when you have... It's stupid, but it still has impact. So well, let me let me let me give you what the, the story option, says. We, All of them came from okay. special development robots with hardware and software modifications that are not and never were present on iRobot consumer products for purchase, according to the company. They were given to paid collectors. Uh, well, I guess information collectors. Data collectors. Uh, data collectors. And employees who signed written agreements not, not acknowledging. collectors. Right. Acknowledging they were sending data streams, including video, back to the company for training purposes. According to iRobot, the devices were labeled with a bright green sticker that read video recording in progress. And it was up to those paid data collectors to remove anything they deemed sensitive from any space the robot operates in, including. So they kind of knew what they were getting into here. Yeah. You had a Roomba that was looking at you and you had a responsibility to monitor it. By the way, MIT published the the photos. (laughs) So if you're curious, that's that's going a little far. Okay, well, hold on. So the reason I put this in here wasn't actually, they kind of, to me, they buried the lead. And I understand why they buried the lead. But here's the here's the big story that we should be talking about, which is, it, it's somewhere down in the story. Together, the images reveal an entire data supply chain and new points where personal information could leak out that few consumers are even aware of. Mm. And this comes back to things that we talked about with Amazon and data utterances. Remember when everybody was upset because Amazon, Apple, and Google sent actual utterances to people to for annotation to say like, hey, is this right? Is, did we do what we were supposed to do? So the AI could get better. Mm-hmm. So I I think the issue here is is twofold. One, consumers need to understand what sensors are on their devices mm-hmm. and pay attention mm-hmm. to it. Like we have a little bit of a respect. Like if someone says, hey, this is, has a camera on it, maybe you don't put it in your bathroom. But two... Companies Obvious. have, yeah. Well, I mean, is yeah, it, but if it's a vacuum cleaner that's wandering around, oh, well, it's doing his job. Well, and yeah, the right. other thing is, yeah. the person who brought this into the house may not be the girl. This is why I always tell everybody in my household the sensors point. on every device I bring in. You don't. Like, there's a consent. MIT has a, a technology issue in there. MIT Technology Review has a picture of a nine-year-old boy who couldn't legally give consent, right? But his well, yeah, his picture so was in that data set. And then the, yeah, and the other thing is companies should be, I, I think iRobot handled this well in the sense that they publicly said, hey, we're going to fire scale AI. Like they obviously didn't handle this data correctly, but companies need to probably implement better, better ways to handle personal consumer data and ensure that their contractors, which of course they're going to be using, does this correctly, which is something bigger companies are more likely to do than startups. Like startups are all willy nilly with your data. Like look at Uber and their God mode and 
early ring camera things. But it's not like iRobot has just hopped onto the scene. They've been around a while. They know. Well, but they clearly had. I mean, they this company, the people who work at this company violated their existing like contract terms mm-hmm. with iRobot. That's why they fired them. Yeah. Now, I could say something like, hey, when a Roomba goes into a bathroom, automatically turn off the camera. That's something they could do. Right. They could also say, hey, no phones and no um, internet connections when someone is trying to annotate data. That way, this data is it's harder to get out, right? Mm-hmm. But that's a lot. I mean, so these are things like debates will probably be happening inside companies. Uh, yeah, and of course, the, the other message is to all of our listeners you aren't being paranoid when you're saying no cameras in the house, that it is not unreasonable yeah. that sometimes humans see those images and, uh, and you don't really know and you don't really control it. Uh, and yeah, it, Roomba f- and scale AI fired those people, but, but people were looking at those images. It doesn't help yeah. that we have, have uh, Madame A's in our houses and then the media go out and do a story about it. They're all in the New York Post just to this today. They're all mm-hmm. listening to you all the time. And, you buy, and, and there's no gradation to. Yeah, the that's the, that's a good point. And the other side, which is uh, just don't assume that everything is doing this. You've you got to right. be somewhat intelligent. On the other hand, it's kind of hard to know. Uh, well, and so here, here, y'all, I like set you up for this. Um, here's where I think the U.S. government could help, because right now they are working on a cybersecurity label. The focus is on both cybersecurity and it was going to be on privacy. They brought people in to talk about privacy. And then the government basically said, mm, I don't know about privacy. That's that's real hard. We don't want to make that call. And so this is a place where we could, as part of the cybersecurity label that should come out um, in spring of next year, they should place data on what sensors are on a device. Does this have a camera? Like you don't necessarily expect your robotic vacuum to have a camera, for example. Does it light up? Maybe you should make it light up. Um, mm-hmm. So making it more aware or making consumers more aware of what's on their devices has importance. So, and that could actually happen. It's not right now going to happen. That's not where the government's interest is. But, you know, if we complain enough about it, it's possible that they would do it. Here's Stacy's article, Stacy on IOT.com. We should talk about consent in IOT. And, and uh, of course, that is very appropriate with the uh, news that Eufy uh, was, in effect, lying that their images were not sent off over the Internet from their from their cameras. Um, yeah, I have nine rules for consent. They're all down there. That's kind of a lot of rules. Sorry. You couldn't come up with ten? You couldn't come up with an even <laughs> One more. I'm, One more. I'm a really, more I'm a really bad. Another rule. You're bad at link bait, kid. You gotta I say, really am. You, the I am title the of this headline should be 10 Things You Need things. to Know exactly. About IoT Privacy. Yes. <laughs> 10 rules to protect you and your family from horrible it's technology. It's a listicle, Stacey, and you All didn't even go for the listicle. And it's, and it's so long. Oh, My husband's like, long my God, Stacy, just put these things in there. I'm like, oh, I'm bad. Provide transparency <laughs> about your data collection practices. Let's look at the yes. List. Provide transparency around the sensors inside the device. Yeah, if there's a camera in there, you should say there's a camera in there and a microphone. Protect the user's data through encryption, at rest, and in motion. Absolutely. Promote safe mm-hmm. data practices with partners 
Absolutely. That's part of the problem with this scale AI, right? Develop a clear practice around the use of data after a merger acquisition. Big story there, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, look at that uh, that owl cam that I have, the, the dash cam, yeah. which went bankrupt, closed their doors. Somebody bought them. I guess they got all the videos of me singing in my car, picking my nose, <laughs> mooning the other drivers. It's all there. Develop and explain your data. Says Leo. Develop and explain your data deletion policy and give consumers a chance to delete their data. Absolutely. GDPR kind of requires that, right? Yes. Promise you. Yeah, I wrote this in 2020. Oh, really? Oh, you're prescient. You are so ahead of the curve. Promise users the device will work for X number of years. God, we know that story. Look at Wink. Patch devices in the and Owl. Owl stopped working. Patch devices in the wake of new vulnerabilities. Again, if you could, Anchor, uh, you know, sold that camera. Uh, I'm sorry, Wise sold that camera that they couldn't patch. They couldn't patch. Push users to ask for consent from others in their environment. Yeah, especially if you have kids. Uh, that, that these are good, Stacy. It's very good. These are really uh, good. Since, yeah. since you didn't there, do a there's good a reason of, I do what I do. Y'all. You're good at it. <laughs> How do I find it on your site? Because well, I want to actually use that for something I'm working on. Uh, Stacy on IoT content or consent. But you know what, uh, Jeff? I have a PowerPoint all about consent. Oh. Ooh, so wow. I can share. I can, can send you seriously that send that to me? Yes. Is it yeah, called yeah. I said no means no? No, it probably is called like. Ten things you it need should, to know. Ask that one only has seven rules, I think. Um, but oh, yeah, Stacy, five or ten, not nine or, or three. Nine. Three's good too. Jeez. If you want to be three, really terse, three's fine. Or right, let me three, ask Stacy one more ten. question. Um, it can be one thing, but what uh, is the mutual obligation from the purchaser, or the user? What should what should we expect of them? Anything. The purchaser to the user? No, no, the purchaser, the the, the, the person who buys the IoT. You yeah, buy well, put this stuff in your house. Do you have so a, what do you have an obligation? Is there something we should expect? Yes, of you? I have an obligation. That's that's like I think it's rule number eight. It's if you nine. had read the Tell articles, others. Jeff, you would know rule eight. No, 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 no. But it's it's push users. So my job when I buy a connected device is to understand what it does and then to tell everybody in my environment what it okay. does. And my husband and I actually fight about this sometimes. Like when we put cameras up when we're gone and like the housekeepers are going to come, he's like, I want to tell them. I want to say, hey, by the way, we put up cameras because we're out of town. And he's like, no, I, I don't want them to know there are cameras. I was like, if your end goal is for them not to steal our stuff, telling them there are cameras is going to be fine. Who won? Um, um, I did. I always would. Of course would. she <laughs> did. Come on. Really? It was well, with something question. like this, I mean. <laughs> He wins a lot of arguments, but if I really care, I my caring about something almost always. Oh, we I care know. More than Stacey, he does. we know. Yes, come on, we know how to, we know how that games play. Stacy cares, folks. Stacy wins. Uh, the new champion Instagram photo goes to, and I don't think this is a spoiler anymore. The new champions of the world and Lionel Messi. Campeones del mundo, goal! Of course, it was his. It was penalty kick that won the game for Argentina, and it is now the uh, the holder of the new record for most Instagram likes: seventy point seven million likes. 
70 for wait after this but story I mean, it is the number one sport on the planet yeah, yeah 3.5 billion people you all watch, watch the game no i watched i, I, did. Did. I watched the penalty watch it. It i watched the last part. i watched the whole thing it was it was unbelievable really I don't enjoyed watch football. it i don't know from football i watched the whole thing yeah. i was amazed yeah it was pretty good really see all i got yeah. out of it is now i understand why football is number one in the u.s <laughs> I, I was, was so that way fast there in the last it got very know, the last 10 minutes of regulation it, everything was happening so oh, fast yeah, you know yeah it, it was pretty yeah cool. i, I wanna, tuned in towards the end and it was still tied and it was uh very exciting yeah yeah i want to show you a really neat thread let me see i'll put it in uh the chat. by the way the post the previous record holder a stock photo of an egg so don't get all <laughs> sure. excited Lionel Messi. Oh, I remember this. I this this was an ask. Okay, after this, can we do an ad? Because you told me this is how we measure how long the shows are. Yeah, gonna do an ad oh. right now. <laughs> this uh, this picture of an egg has fifty eight million likes on Instagram, uh, beating Kylie it, Jenner's eighteen million world record. Thank God, Messi. <laughs> It's now got 70 million. That's all I can say. I didn't realize his age. I thought he was a little bit younger. Oh, yeah. He's the old man. Yeah. He's like Tom Brady, man. Yeah. For some reason, I thought he was a little younger. So I was like, why is everybody just giving it, making it such a big deal? Oh, yeah. Like, it's probably his last last one. chance. Like, oh. Yeah. My, my, my magic. Dean Graciela Moszkowski uh, is a columnist for The New Yorker writing about Latino matters. And she wrote two columns about Messi and The New Yorker and explaining. And she's also Argentinian. And okay. so explaining the meaning of this to Argentinian people uh, and, and his meaning in yeah. wanting to give back to the country, it was just phenomenal. That's just awesome. Amazing. He has 404 million followers on Instagram, by the way. Yeah. So he's underperforming. He could have, he should have more. <laughs> uh, the number one uh, person on Instagram <laughs> is uh, his old rival, Cristiano Ronaldo. 520 Ronaldo. million followers. But Messi's got the World Cup. And that's what Ronaldo's already re retired, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think. Okay. Uh, yeah, Mbappe is on trauma. the way up, though. Mbappe, <laughs> Mbappe hat is, trick. is amazing. Hat trick. Yeah. But, but also, I put up a thread on Lines 85, which you no, may or may not care about. We can't because Miss Stacy has said it's waffle bills. time. This is when you shake your head no, and I hear the bell, and then I'll, then I'll stop. Yes. <laughs> no, Jeff, no. <laughs> it's the opposite of Pavlov. It's the... No food for you. I wore Jack. this bell earlier on Windows Weekly, and uh, Bert came running in with a giant wrench saying, Crush the bell. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the show title? I am not crushing I, my bell for anyone i like that he came in with the tool he didn't just like say this is a problem he was yeah. like this is a problem here's how we solve it yeah. solution right here's, now this is giant Love that dude pipe wrench was huge <laughs> I was like, no scissors might have done it i'm not i'm not crushing my bell for anyone <laughs> all right actually I, uh, we have a sponsor for the show and i want to welcome them because this is a company i've been working with for i think a decade and i've been dying to get them on the air because i've been recommending them for free for years I've all, one of my number one precepts these days is if you care about email, you should be paying for it. Free email is, is worth every penny you're paying for it in terms of support, in terms of quality, on and on and on. And when, and when you're, if you're on Gmail and you lose your account, good luck getting it back. That's all I can say. That's why I've used fast mail for years. It's why I'm a huge fast mail fan there's another reason you don't want to do free email with free email you pay with your privacy for over 20 years now fast mail has been a leader in email and email privacy 
At FastMail, your data stays yours with better productivity features. And it's not expensive, as little as $3 a month. $3 a month is worth paying if email is important to you, to your business. If you care about your email, you need FastMail. And oh, I love the features on FastMail. Certainly, privacy is a, is a big deal. Your personal data is stored in the U.S. I want to make sure you understand that. And it's fully GDPR compliant. It's kept away from third parties because FastMail's business is you. So they don't have to sell your data to anybody else. Plus, they give you the best spam filters. If you're a real geek, you'll really appreciate the implementation of IMAP. That FastMail is actually a leader in uh, in the open source community in IMAP, contributing back uh, to Cyrus, their server, and to a lot of technologies. They uh, they they lead the way, frankly. They also use Civ. You you can you can do more automated uh, email. Uh, filtering for spam, but I love having cont- absolute control with my Civ rules. They have fantastic filtering rules. It is the best email. And now with FastMail, you can use masked email, so you don't have to use your real address when you sign up for something. In fact, you can create unlimited aliases. Uh, one of the things I think a lot of people who use FastMail don't know about is uh, the FastMail allows you to host your domain at FastMail. Now, I wouldn't put a website there, but with FastMail, I sign. I have maybe, I don't know, fifteen, a dozen email services, email names, all of them hosted at FastMail. One of the reasons I like to use FastMail for that. Let's uh, let's pick one here. Uh, Leo FM, for instance, that's my website. So I use their DNS. But one of the reasons I also like to use it is because now, when email is sent to Leo FM. It is using all of the most important, strong email authentication technologies. So it, it autom- FastMail automatically does all of that, DKIM and uh, SPF and DMARC. So that means more mail is going to get through. Your mail is authenticated. It also means you have unlimited. Uh, anything that's sent to any address at leo.fm comes into my inbox. So when I sign up for something, I sign up with a company's name. I can use random names. It makes it means I can be more secure. In fact, it works with our sponsor, Bitwarden. You can create random names for every single account, which is like having two passwords, and, and Bitwarden will keep track of it. But it's not just about privacy and security. You can customize your workflow. They have a fantastic webmail client, one of the best I've ever used, but it also works with every other desktop mail client, Outlook, and uh, and you know, I use MailMate, I use Apple Mail, I use a whole variety of stuff. It all works great with FastMail. But I think you'll like the web version as well. You can customize your workflow with colors, custom swipes, right and left. You got night mode. You don't have to use that, Jeff. They got day mode for Jeff. You can organize your inbook uh, inbox with scheduled send, which is fantastic. So send something, you know, a week from now. You can snooze. You have folders, you have labels and folders. So if you like Gmail's labels, you've got that, but you also have folders, real IMAP-style folders, search bar, fantastic search. I never have to worry about finding old messages. I can just search for them very quickly and easily. You keep track of all of your important details in your life. And by the way, FastMail, because it's a real IMAP server, also supports contacts. It also supports calendars. One of my FastMail tips that I really love is 
I add anybody that I want to get mail from to my contacts. I mean, it's my address book. Why not? And fast mail, I can set up a filter so that if you're in my contact list and you send me an email, it goes right into the important folder. So I never miss email from people I know. That's by itself the single most useful filter ever. Uh, you can send and receive emails from any dom any domain you own, right? So I have aliases for all my domains. You can manage multiple email addresses in one space. Uh, works with Bitwarden. It works with one password, so you can create unique passwords and unique emails for every account. Desktop, mobile, what else can I tell you about this? When you download the Fastmail app, you'll get the most out of your email. There's a fast In fact, it's actually the best iOS and Android app. If you use Fastmail, use their app because it's fantastic. I can, I can go on and on. I'm such a fan of Fastmail, and I have 10 years of pent-up wanting to tell you about Fastmail. I'm so glad they're a new uh, advertiser. I look forward to advertising all next year with Fastmail. They have a U.S.-based support team. They're really good. Email experts. You know, you always wanted this an email administrator who really, like, knew what what was going on and could explain it to you and could and you could say, well, can I do this? And they go, oh, yeah, it's very easy. Let me set it up. I love that. The FastMail team believes in working for customers as people to be cared for, not, not products to be exploited. Advertisers, they're left out, putting you and your privacy at center. I use FastMail. I love FastMail. It's fast. It's easy to use. It cares about privacy. It's got all the tools I want. If you're a more advanced user, Trust me, the sky's the limit. I use fast mail to the hilt. Uh, it's just the best. You'll never lose anything. It's easy to download your old data if you want, import it into your new fast mail inbox, and vice versa. So if you ever decide to leave fast mail, don't worry. It's, it's, it's not a trap. You can get everything out of it. They're constantly working on new internet standards. Always open, by the way. Always standards-based. Uh, frankly, other email providers are following FastMail's lead. This new year, new you, new email, please do yourself a favor. Check out FastMail. Reclaim your privacy, boost your productivity, make email yours with FastMail. Just ask the geeks in your life, the nerds in your life. You heard of FastMail? I guarantee you they'll all say, oh, yeah, that's the best. It's the best. Try it free for 30 days. Fastmail.com slash twit. F-A-S-T-M-A-I-L dot com slash twit. And I love this. We were able to arrange with them a 15% discount on your whole first year. But you got to sign up now and you got to use that address. Fastmail.com slash twit. I've been begging these guys. Let me tell the world about you. I am such a fan. Fastmail dot com slash twit we welcome to uh, our show to twit and i look forward to a great year telling you all about the features i i said can i can i do a, a, a fast mail tip of the day and stuff and they said yeah yeah you do whatever you want so uh, you're going to be hearing a lot more about fast mail uh, as if you hadn't already uh let's see looks I wanna, like i want to i want to give mr ant pruitt a moment of grief yes because last week yes he watched no funny hat. No funny hat's going to help. Ant. Uh -oh. last week <laughs> uh -oh. you gave me grief on the show for not being here. I heard you. Hey, I you, saw that. Hey, you earned it. Did you not earn that grief? I'm here all the time. And 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 he's got a tape now, so it's coming down the side of his head like you're a one-eared basset hound. That is not. <laughs> that is not a good. That is not a good look. And 
I'm just saying. Oh, okay, and, I'll uh, adjust it. Hold on. Is it better? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, now you got to pass it out with a big tongue. Through it. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, wait, no, that's where your actual hair is. Don't do that. Oh, it's not that day. Never mind. Okay, I was like, oh. Not going to stick. Yeah. So are you mad at Ant because, what did he say? I don't even remember. He said something about you He said, oh, Jeff Jarvis isn't here. He's here since he's here all the time. He's not here this week. I'm here all the time. One week I miss. One week. Leo goes off on vacations. You go off on vacations. Timing. I'm perfect not here timing. once for my job, and you give me crap for it. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, you earned it. Yeah. Don't, no, but you got to be a low person to yell at a one-eared basset hound. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> I just want to prove I watched the episode, which was very Thank good, you. and I was pissed I wasn't there for the was No, we chat. missed you. And I have to say, this year you've been here a lot more than in past years where you would go Stacey. to Davos. And, it's been <laughs> Stacy. Davos. It's been Stacy. Yes, let's play let's, let's be here. Let's say it. A-O-A-W-O. But Stacy is... Oh, it's like A-O-L. People... Yeah, you're right. Stacy is A-O-L. Uh, you've got Stacy. No, I I know that Stacy because she actually works for a living, unlike Jeff and 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 me. Hey, hey, uh, has to go Jeff and do things, and you go go to conferences, you do things. So that's fine. We're just glad to have you whenever we can. People were saying, "Is Stacy leaving the show?" And I just want to reassure you, uh, no, you're not leaving the show. Is that, is that true, Stacy? I no, I'm not leaving the show. Okay, or we yes, love you. Yes, I'm not leaving the show. Yes, I'm, I'm not, not leaving, leaving the, the show. show. <laughs> Though I have no bananas. Uh, uh, all right. Now we've everybody's gotten a uh, heat now. Things off their chest. I I will not be here next week. Though. Ah! No one will be here. I'm next at week. CES. No one. Oh, you won't oh, be here in two weeks on January fourth. You're going to CES. Yeah. Maybe you I'm could at CES um, and I report in or something. No. Not during. Like, you have you seen CES schedules? I mean, like yeah. maybe if I can, I'll. I'll nah, check. Maybe okay. I can do a walk-in, like on my phone. I'll be like, yeah, just do a three-minute call. That would, you know what? If you did a walk-in yes, talk, cool. on the show actually, floor, that would that'd help be really us. Cool. Yeah. That'd be really cool. Just yeah. a few minutes. Can test it out. Just the, remember, the show floor isn't open on the fourth. Oh, oh, yeah, I know. Wait, well, this, I'm going to be. It's open on Wednesday, isn't it? What? That's ah. it. Normally, is. no. Okay, here's here's what's happening. They shifted it because New Year's Eve is on Sunday. Okay, so it doesn't start till Thursday the fifth. Yeah, oh. and only those three days. And there's nothing going on at this hour, is there? Because you could normally, you might be able to go to Showstoppers the night before a Pepcom. Or well, because I've, I'm gonna at two o'clock. I'm gonna be at Samsung's press conference or Samsung's keynote. Basically, it's their presser keynote where they go all crazy and Samsungy. So after that, I could probably like dial in. Just and report be like, in from the Samsung. What up? It was. It's like I don't know, but I was watching probably with CNN during an election. Night and the reporter was at the post-election party, and the candidate was speaking. And the reporter had their back to the candidate, is trying to be heard over the loud noises of cheering. I'm here at the. You could do it like that. <laughs> I'm at the I'm party. Yeah. This, this you could on. You couldn't I'll, even I'll hear find, them. I'll find a better lanyard mic. Maybe y'all yeah. should say. I was like, yeah. someone send me a recommendation, and I'll pick it up. Oh, we'll send you. <laughs> I'm here at the Samsung show. You don't need to send. And me. as usual, I, they're making. I, I probably have a few laying around. I don't know. Because well, I mean, I can just order it. I just don't know. Like y'all, y'all do this for a living, so y'all know what's good. Uh, what else? What else is in the news that we should? Uh, it's public domain yeah. day every every year uh, on the first of January. Duke University, the Center for the Study of Public Domain, tells us what stuff is going into the public domain. January 1st works from 1927 and earlier, of course, 
will be open to all. And actually, we're starting to get to the era where there's some really good stuff. Now that you know Disney is not extending <laughs> uh, copyright <laughs> mouse. well into the future. Uh, yeah, the, we have, yes, we have no bananas. Yes, we have no bananas. Let's see. To the Lighthouse, that classic Virginia Wolf. Oh, this is the one I'm excited about. All of Sherlock, much of Sherlock Holmes anyway. The last of Sherlock Holmes. The last of it. The, the last of it. So yeah. I've been thinking that might be kind of fun to do a, a, like a, a reading of all of the works of Sherlock Holmes since, you know. You'll still get taken down for it, I guarantee you. Will I? Try it. You think I they're, don't know. I'll we'll try it. We'll see. Uh, Willa Cather, A.A. Uh, a. Milnes, Now We Are Six, the creator of Winnie the Pooh, Thornton Wilder's The Bridge of San Luis Rey, Ernest Hemingway's Men Without Women. It's the Jeff Jarvis story. Uh, hey. William, <laughs> oh, hey. no, no, Jeff and Leo story. Uh, uh, William, <laughs> sorry, Jeez. Agatha Christie, Edith Wharton. What did I do to you? Herman Hesse, Steppenwolf. I love Steppenwolf, but I oh, think the, that takes me back to my my, my yeah psychedelic serious teen years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think the English oh, translation dude. probably still is in uh, in uh, copyright because it was probably oh, subsequent to the true. German publication. Uh, same thing with Kafka's America. Marcel Proust, the final of installment of De la Recherche de le Temps Perdu. Oh, I was hoping you'd say it in French. Oh, oui, très bien. Nice. Uh, movies, Metropolis, the jazz singer, the fir- that was the first talkie. You mm-hmm. ain't seen nothing yet. Wings, Academy Award winner. Uh, the Lodger, Hitchcock's first movie. King of Kings with Cecil B. DeMille. Oh, boy. That was an early... The thing is, it's 1927, so these are pretty early movies, right? Yeah. Um, musical composition, compositions. The best things in life are free. Now, that's true. Ice cream, you scream, we all scream for ice cream. <laughs> Putting on the Ritz. We can sing that funny face. Howard, wait, wait, wait. Howard Johnson? Like, really? Howard Johnson? Yeah. He did... Like the Howard Johnson? I wonder, do you think it is about ice cream? They were famous for 28 flavors. Maybe. Can't help loving Dat Man and Old Man River from the musical Showboat. That's a different time, folks. Uh, Bessie Smith, Louis Armstrong, Duke Ellington. A lot of stuff coming into public domain. Uh, You want to hear... Ice cream, you scream, we all scream for ice cream. It's not public domain yet. Not public domain yet. No, this Howard Johnson was a song lyricist. Oh, okay. Inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame in 1970. Okay. Uh, are, fil- well, are you going to do? Are you going to do my? You, you can play my favorite copyright story of the week of the year. What's that? I have on the rundown. What's that? Well, let's first. I want to do a quiz. Aunt Stacy, as the, as the youngins here, do okay. you know Tom Lehrer? Oh, I love this story. Negative. Tom Lehrer. Oh. No. oh. At the bottom, Leo, I put up three direct links to three songs, one of which I sang in the 10th grade talent show. So Lair, who was uh, is a, was until his retirement a math professor at the University of California, Santa Cruz, just down the road. Oh, I thought it was MIT. Not, well, I think he may have been, but he ended up he his career at UCSC. Oh, okay. uh, wrote so many great parody songs before Weird Al. Brilliant. Uh, before oh, well, uh, I, I did hear. Yeah, before did Alan hear Sherman. Person. There was in the fifties uh, this guy named uh, uh, Tom Lehrer, oh, yeah. and he has put all of his music, including the sheet music, into public domain. He's in his nineties now. Uh, Ninety-three, I think. Yeah, and I think it's kind of a way of 
I don't I don't know if saying um uh here, you know, I'm done. <laughs> you can you can have these. I'm sure he'd prefer yeah, to sell them. It's it's great. But you know, yeah, he's wonderful. The most famous is probably Vatican Rag, line one twenty four. Uh shall I play that? I'll play a little oh, bit. I think of so. It. You, we, you can we, now. we know Public we can company. now. He has on his website uh, audio, also lyrics, sheet music for download. He says, get them now, because I don't know how long this site will be up. And so there's you can often, download anything you want. Yeah. There's often uh, an, a live version and a studio version. Do you have a... a I would do the live version. This all one. right. We'll play the live Another version. Another big news story of the year concerned the ecumenical council in Rome known as Vatican II. <laughs> this is how old this is. <laughs> Among the things they did... In an attempt to make the church more commercial, <laughs> was to Casey's introduce the vernacular into portions of the mass to replace Latin and to widen somewhat the range of music permissible in the liturgy. But I feel that if they really want to sell the product in uh, in this secular age, what they ought to do is to redo some of the liturgical music in popular song forms. I have a modest example here. <laughs> It's called the Vatican Rag. <laughs> First you get down on your knees, fiddle with your rosaries, bow your head with great respect and Wow. I uh I actually one of my Ooh. favorites is uh of course his uh and it's really kind of a, a tour de force, his periodic table of the elements. That's the basic. Uh, I'll play. I'll play a little bit of this. Uh, he also has uh, released the uh, Aristotle version of that. So first, this is uh, Tom Lair singing the periodic table of the elements to the tune of uh, "I am the very model of a modern major general." Arsenic, aluminum, selenium, and hydrogen, and oxygen, and nitrogen, and rhenium, and nickel, neodymium, neptunium, germanium, and iron, americium, ruthenium, uranium, europium, zirconium, lutetium, vanadium, and lanthanum, and osmium, and astatine, and radium, and gold, protactinium, and indium, and gallium, and iodine, and thorium, and thulium, and thallium. Amazing. He memorized wow. that and does it all. Yeah. But he probably should have done the uh, Aristotle version. It's a little, a little bit easier going back a little bit in history. Let me see if I can... Find that we did. It wasn't on the site, was it, John? We had to find it on YouTube. Let me see if I can find the YouTube version. Well, now, it's, now you're going to get taken down. Uh, maybe, maybe not. This is Tom Lair, uh, the the uh, the kind of the original, the historic version uh, of this song. Thank you. You may be interested to know that there is an older, much earlier version of that song, which is due to Aristotle, and which goes like this. There's earth and air and fire and water. It's a little shorter. You could probably, everybody could memorize that. Done. <laughs> that the great? new math, oh, so Verner von wonder, Braun, pollution, great song. So many great if, songs. So that, okay, as a youngin, I will say this reminds me of Yako from Animaniacs. He had a periodic table song. He probably was, was done. you know, just copying Tom Lair. So it's a similar, like, well, I'm sure if so. anyone in the chat is like, I can't play that. Fan, I'm because, sure they're like, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Warner yeah, Brothers would get us. Yeah. 
they would they would come after. This me. is the but, one that uh, uh, Mr. Jeff Jarvis sang in his tenth grade talent show. Are you ready? <laughs> Time was when an American about to go abroad would be warned by his friends or the guidebooks not to drink the water. But times have changed, and now a foreigner coming to this country might be offered the following advice. If you visit, you visit American City, you will find it, will find very, it pretty. very pretty. Just two things, Just two of, which things of which you must beware. Don't drink the water and don't Were you a radical, Jeff, in your youth? Is that... Uh... Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I organized uh, a, a moratorium march in my high school. Oh, yeah. I was I was a pure ale in I, I, I'm going to brag here. Very rare. I do that. I know in the eighth grade, the girls were told they could not wear pants. And I pushed them to have a protest wearing pants. And they all got called to the auditorium to get sent home. And I called in the ACLU and won. <gasps> Wow. What? You had the ACLU on speed dial when you were in eighth grade? I went Did to we the have phone phones booth. back then? I went to the phone <laughs> booth and my Republican father was not necessarily happy with me. And I and I and I had the number and I picked in a lot of dimes and I called the ACLU and told them what was happening. And that scared the administration and the girls could wear their pants. Baller. To, today mm-hmm. the boys would just wear dresses and just yes, be exactly. like exactly. So yeah. I mean, it's, no, I mean both I are good. Yeah, right. Oh. I uh I always realized I knew from a young age that I could never run for president because back in 1972, when I was a high school sophomore, uh, I marched in a protest against uh, the Vietnam War. And uh, there was a picture of me on the very front page, full color picture of me on the very front page of the Santa Cruz Sentinel waving a Viet Cong flag. So <laughs> at that point, I figured there goes my political it was career. over. It's just, uh, yeah, it's just a matter of opposition research away from from falling apart. <laughs> you and Jane Fonda. <laughs> uh, wow, John Jane Fetterman, Fonda. speaking of left-wing politics, TikTok whisperer, article in the New York Times. Fetterman, of course, won uh, as Democratic senator from Pennsylvania, flipping that seat. And uh, it's because of TikTok. Which the Republicans want to ban everywhere. I wonder Ooh. if that's why. Uh, uh, you think it cost you us? Think? It cost us a seat. Uh, you know, it's funny. At this point, <clears throat> I think actually Twitter might be more of a threat to our political polity than uh, than TikTok. To be oh, honest, hell yeah, hell yeah. Um, under Musk. I guess we can do our brief, very brief. I promise you, uh, Elon rundown. Uh, we need we need we need a song for the Musk moment. Musk moment. I think it's a musky yeah. moment in Memphis. Bum, 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 bum. And everybody who pays for the club, they don't get that in the show. No, they get Musk free show. Yeah. Oh, you know what? That would really put the membership through the roof, wouldn't it? <laughs> Promise you. I'm a member. No muff. <laughs> uh, okay. First of all, details on the stalker incident that that tipped Elon over the. Uh, I think honestly, that's what tipped Elon over fully into madness um he however well he got he heard that a stalker had attacked his child ex good news the child was alone no parents with this what is he a two-year-old but he had his security detail with him uh and so he was safe but elon said you see you see uh when you tweet my jet 
location, you're giving away assassination coordinates. That was the term he used. It was 26 you, miles away from an and airport. And you see what happens. Well, now we know from the uh, Pasadena, South Pasadena police that actually it wasn't anywhere. It was far from the airport. And the suspect the police are investigating in this entire incident is Elon Musk's security guy. The driver oh, of the no. car who apparently pulled his gun and threatened a random stranger at the gas station. So we'll wait and see what happens there. But that, and I don't, you know what? Elon probably didn't know what happened. He just got a report back. Yeah, there was an incident. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt on that. At that point, he immediately shut down, and we've talked about this. He shut down the uh, the Elon's jet account. That guy, Jack Sweeney, Florida college student, moved everything to Mastodon, Instagram, and Facebook. And this is where your troubles began because people started tweeting that and elon said no you can't you can't tweet that and he said no more tweeting he took he made it every time you go to a mastodon page it says it's it's malicious it's malware which i find offensive twitter is not malware. it also said that it's failed to send the tweet if you're on mobile yeah it will block the tweet uh, and then he took down journalists. We reported all this. Now, the first thing to understand is the journalists say we're still down. You may see our accounts on Twitter, but we cannot tweet. So, oh no. So, uh, you, I saw stories that they were back. Elon said they were back, uh, but, but they no, say they're they're shot. They're, they're shadow. What's the opposite of shadow banning? They're 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 shadow pinned. Yeah, they can't write. Well, it's kind of what a shadow. Ban was supposed to be, although this isn't actually what Twitter did, but that you would. Well, but tweet, no, they can't even write. But they can't even send something. Shadow ban is you write and you don't know that and no nobody one sees knows. It. Nobody sees it. Yeah, uh, the tree that fell in the forest. Then, the, of course, the latest. Uh, I think. Uh, can you now? Can you now put a link to Mastodon on your account? I think you can. Yes, you can. Okay, you can. Okay. Uh, the join Mastodon well, account link, is. I don't is think still, you can put up a general link. Join, okay, join Mastodon account is back. That was blocked, so that's good. I did enjoy the article, um, the editorial written, I can't remember where it was, at Forbes, where the uh, writer said uh, that John Mastodon, the founder of a social media network, had been banned. They're <laughs> creating a, a ton of memes about uh, John Mastodon. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a conservative writer who thought that it was John, when John, John Mastodon was taken down, that it was a guy named John Mastodon who was the founder of Mastodon. So it was a whole singularity was born right there. Yeah, but it, we had a lot of fun with it on uh, oh, Mastodon. It was great fun. Then Elon when put up. Put Pardon me? Go ahead. Go ahead. Then Elon put up a poll saying, uh, well, should I step down as CEO? I obviously stung by a series of uh, you know events that really must have hurt him to the core. And oh, I'll be honest with you. I'm starting to feel a little bit bad for him. The oh, poll went against on. him, 57 to 43. Yes, you okay. should step down. Has he okay. stepped down yet? No. Not he yet. said that when they find some schmuck who will take the job. Uh, he will, but let's not forget that he also testified that he was going to, uh, because of Tesla. Right. He's being and sued he by Tesla shareholders. Where every word is that the Saudis said, "Stop this crap and leave." And and we, the Saudis, which are the number money. one investor in uh, Twitter, yes. may, he will end up owning Twitter if he goes bankrupt. Yeah, and by the way, that's the other thing he said it. is is he says I will resign as CEO as soon as I find someone foolish enough to take the job. Okay, but he'll still be the owner. And then he also said, after that, I'll just run the software and servers team. So I'm not sure exactly what he's giving up. Um, 
<laughs> but I guess he won't have the CEO on his business card. He probably still have Chief Twit on his business card. Um, all right, is that is well, that the saw. is that the full sum of the week in Musk? This week in Musk, the full Musky, pretty close. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything? Um, I am feeling sorry well, for no, him, Jeff. No, no, no. He's he's launching blue again for the eight dollars, right? But he's charging eleven dollars if you're on i on iPhone. Oh, because oh, because yes. of the thirty percent. Yeah, is it thirty percent? I thought Apple didn't let you do that. They don't. Well, he's Elon Musk. Actually, okay. they kind of do. It's okay. You just can't tell people about it. You can't say on your app it's cheaper if you go buy it from the website. You, <laughs> right. So you could you can't do that. People do that. Spotify does that. Frankly, what when he announced the whole you can't put this link in that link and uh, and the other social networks out there. Did you all hear any pushback about truth? Was it truth.social or whatever it's called? Because that was on that list too. I just heard pushback about sharing Instagram and Mastodon. Well, they also banned uh, links to Facebook and Instagram and... TikTok was not on the list. Yeah, and Linktree and the other... uh, uh, Yeah, Linktree. Which is a big Mm -hmm. deal for creators because very often you'll have a list of all your stuff on a... On a link aggregate site, they blocked that as well. I guess that's all back. Yeah, I'm feeling sorry for him because I think I do feel sorry for him. I think he, oh, he no, fell into this. Oh, Jesus, oh, no? I gotta say that. Okay, you can pity someone for like being wrong, but when they have that much power and no one else has taken them out, you have to like. I can be like, man. That man is having some issues. Yeah, he's, that's why I feel sorry for him. He should he's not having be some issues. At. Well, yeah. I don't feel sorry for that. I mean, his issues vote? become our issues. Did yeah, any of you vote on that poll of his about no, the, no, the whole stepping down? I didn't even see it because I haven't been on Twitter. I'm sure I did. Okay. Because I wonder, like, what was the point of any of us normal folks that have no stake in Twitter or no, no employment ties, anything like that? What was the point of us voting on that as if it would actually matter? You know, it... He's he's gonna go somewhere when he's ready to go somewhere. He still owns the Daggum company, and I think that was just theater. So why why are we? I shouldn't say we because I didn't vote on it, but why are people still feeding into this this person's ego? Is beyond. He's yeah, he's a narcissist, and we should probably follow the right rules for dealing with narcissists, and we are not. Which is to but, ignore them, um, right? Yeah. Uh, it's so hard to ignore him if you love Twitter because, you know. <laughs> That's a segue into nothing. Yeah. There's nothing more to talk about. I can about. give you something. Show's over. Uh, no, I just We can come like... back to that story that you launched with, the 3D GPT. Oh, well, that was it. Is there more to say about that? No. I, I don't know. Okay, fine. Uh, I like this tweet. Congratulations to the inevitable next CEO of Twitter. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Marissa Meyer. Marissa Mayer. Yeah, oh, that that's my, hilarious. That was my question to you all. Who who would be good candidates oh, for Jason this, Calicon this job? Yeah, He's Jason would do it in a heartbeat. Oh, there, oh. Elon has surrounded uh, no, himself with a lot of sycophants no, say, who would say, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll do it, Elon. I'll do it. Jason asked to do it. I think David no, Sachs is a more likely candidate, to be honest. Or Kayvon okay. uh, Bekapur, uh, who is apparently also in the inner circle, right? He's a former uh, Twitter. Yeah, um, been fired by... Uh, Parag. Right. Um, well, I'm not saying who would likely get it because they're in the inner circle. I'm saying who would be an ideal person to well, run that Kay- company. Well, Kayvon would be good. He's the former head of product at Twitter. Um, okay. But he had no authority. You'd be a fool to take the job. Mm-hmm. 
absolute fool. Yeah, the person who would take it would be more. But the, I have to say, when you read tweets from David Sachs and others, e Elon's mother even <laughs> tweeting in support of Elon. Uh, uh -huh. I mean, there are people who love Elon who would that's, gladly do that's it to his serve mom. him. Well, his that's mom would his be mom. a good CEO. She's a well, fashion a model. Crazy. <laughs> You know, so there's no one on the outside. Um, Nobody on the outside. No, it's got no. to. I would be the sense. CEO of Twitter. Would you? you would you do it? What I would, you would do go in and do it. I love Twitter. Well, question. I don't know. I'd have to go learn all about everything that's happening, and then I'd figure something out. And I'd probably ask lots of smart people. Yeah. But should the, should the next leader be someone that is 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 super technical or someone that is just pragmatic? Uh, no, because Twitter's profits. product isn't technology at all. Twitter's product okay. is 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 the is the people the the culture all of that. That's the product. That's the mm -hmm. thing Elon because because Musk comes in and the first thing he started talking about is I need to see your last handful yeah, yeah. of commits. He misunderstood you know, what he bought. He, he didn't understand that, yeah. or he did understand it, but he was he did trying to cut costs dramatically. Which he, by the way, he says we're going bankrupt. We only have a billion dollars runway left, uh, and I won't. You know, I mean, if you love Twitter. I mean, this is sad. It's the end of Twitter. I, I, I don't see any way around it, right? Some people think it'll come back. I guess. If you, what if you got somebody good in there? The problem is, even before Elon, Twitter was failing. Twitter's been failing for years. Twitter as well, a business has been failing for yeah. years. So it, I mean, in some of the things should have been done, but they probably shouldn't have been done quite so publicly and for for the lulls. I guess is kind of the feeling. Like, yeah, did he need to reduce staff? Probably. Yeah. That's why I asked, was, should, should it be someone from the outside of the, the, the industry to come in and, and take over? Somebody that's, that can just right the ship, if you will. Well, let me ask, a different, ask a different way. Ant, let me try this on you, because I think, I think we're, we're getting stumbled because Elon's still there and still owns it. Let's say the company has gone bankrupt. Mm -hmm. Private equity has bought it from the, from the debtors. Uh, sane company. Then your question is, whom do they hire? Yeah. yeah. Who could run it without Musk? That's a different question. Different question. That's an interesting question. Yeah. Well, there's an entire stable of CEOs who do like bankruptcy, like who do that job. And that's a very different job than because oh, like, the people, the bank hires for that are not the same people you would hire if you were running a venture back. Company John J. Ray, the third, the guy who's in receive, you know, in charge of FTX's, you know, bankruptcy. He'd be a good Picking up the pieces of FTX. <laughs> this, this I say man. we get Lori from Raviga. Who's Silicon Who's Valley? Lori from Raviga? Come on. You oh, yeah, yeah. Silicon Lori from Valley? Raviga. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the guy <laughs> who got into the car, got put in a box, and got sent off to an island? That was that. The oh, Gavin Belson? Napoleon? No. No, no that was his Napoleon. assistant. <laughs> Good history <laughs> reference there. I wasn't talking Elba, but yeah, that's good. I like it. You mean the head of Renault Ehrlich. who went in the piano box? Remember Ehrlich the guy Bachman. at the beginning of Silicon Valley who had that car oh, that was Valley. so oh, thin he oh, could right. drive thin it could drive through two cars. <laughs> Not Ehrlich. Who was the name? What was anyway? You get the idea. Doesn't matter. All right, we're done with Musk. Sorry for the that was the Musk bit. I I, I just did want to say I'm now actually starting to feel bad for the guy because it's just not going. You, you said it five times. I'm sorry. It's no, it's not going well. No, it's not going no. well. Well, he did, he did it to himself, and he's a schmuck, and he's he's bringing in racists. He's bringing in no, no. There's no bringing there's no racists. Really sorry for Elon Musk. Wait, what? Hold on. Oh hold yeah. On, hold totally. on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. What do you mean oh. by that, Mr. Jarvis? He's bringing in racists. 
oh, he's bringing in the worst of the worst who were taken off of Twitter for good reason, and they're back. They're terrible people saying terrible things. No, he's... he's I don't think any of them ever left, quite frankly. Um, well, some of them I've, were banned. I mean, maybe they had private... I've seen the same old crap show from, from day one, whether he was there or not, honestly. I don't think that's got anything to do with Musk. That's the platform. No, no, he did. He literally unbanned about a. a he literally did unban some yeah. people, but yeah. there were still just as many the my pillow accounts out there and bots yeah. that he complained yeah. about prior to buying that are still just doing their 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 God's work, if you will. Um, he is now using uh, his pulpit to attempt to shoot down the reconciliation, the one point seven trillion dollar reconciliation act that Congress will almost certainly pass. But uh, he's had a poll. He's got a poll. He said, by the way, from, for <laughs> in future, only Twitter blue people will be allowed to vote, which, of the course, poll. is very much like a poll tax, I think, you know, where you yep. yeah. you pay to vote. Uh, we've tried that, I think. Um, anyway, I don't care. I honestly don't care. I feel yeah, bad I for him. you were him. done with Elon. He's the guy done. who's troubled. Stacey I says, just want you to know on. I feel. Have right, I told Stacey? you I feel bad for the guy? I feel bad for the guy. <laughs> Hey, everybody, it's Leo Laporte, the founder and host of many of the Twit podcasts. I don't normally talk to you about advertising, but I want to take a moment to do that right now. Uh, our mission statement at Twit, we're dedicated to building a highly engaged community of tech enthusiasts. That's our audience and you, I guess, since you're listening, by offering them the knowledge they need to understand and use technology in today's world. To do that, we also create partnerships with trusted brands and make important introductions between them and our audience. It's how we finance our podcasts, but it's also, and our audience tells us this all the time, a part of the service we offer. It's a valued bit of information for our audience members. They want to know about great brands like yours. So can we help you by introducing you to our highly qualified audience? And boy, you get a lot with advertising on the Twit podcasts. Partnering with Twit means you're going to get, if I may say so humbly, the gold standard in podcast advertising. And we throw in a lot of valuable services. You get a full service continuity team supporting everything from copywriting to graphic design. I don't think anybody else does this or does this as well as we do. You get ads that are embedded in our content that are unique every time. I read them, our hosts read them. We always over deliver on impressions. And frankly, we're here to talk about your product. So we really give our listeners a great introduction to what you offer. We've got onboarding services, ad tech with pod sites. That's free for direct clients. We give you a lot of reporting so you know who saw your advertisement. You'll even know how many responded by going to your website. We'll also give you courtesy commercials that you can share across social media and landing pages. We think these are really valuable. People like me and our other hosts talking about your product sincerely uh, and informationally. Those are incredibly valuable. You also get other free goodies mentions in our weekly newsletter that's sent out to thousands of fans. We give bonus ads uh, to people who buy a significant amount of advertising. You'll get social media promotion, too. But let me tell you, we are looking for an advertising partner. That's going to be with us long term. Visit twit.tv slash advertise. Check out our partner testimonials. Tim Broom, founder of IT Pro TV. They started IT Pro TV in 2013, immediately started advertising with us and grew that company 
to a, a really amazing success. Hundreds of thousands of ongoing customers. They've been on our network for more than 10 years. And they say, and I'll quote Tim, we would not be where we are today without the Twit Network. That's just one example. Mark McCrary, who's the CEO of Authentic, uh, he was actually uh, one of the first people to buy ads on our network. He's been with us for 16 years. He said, and I'm quoting, the feedback from many advertisers over those 16 years across a range of product categories is that if ads and podcasts are going to work for a brand, they're going to work on Twitch shows. I'm proud to say that the ads we do over deliver, they work really well because they're honest. They have integrity. Our audience trusts us and we say, this is a great product. They believe it. They listen. Our listeners are highly intelligent. They're heavily engaged. They're tech savvy. They're dedicated to our network. And that's partly because we only work with high integrity partners that we have thoroughly and personally vetted. I approve every single advertiser on the network. If you're ready to elevate your brand and you've got a great product, I want you to reach out to us. Advertise at twit.tv. So I want you to break out of the advertising norm, grow your brand with host read authentic ads on twit.tv. Visit twit.tv slash advertise for more details or email us advertise at twit.tv if you're ready to launch your campaign now. People are dreaming about him, you know. Let's move on. No, no, I'm no, moving on. More Musk. People are people are people are dreaming about him. Uh, according to Bloomberg, um, there are people having bad dreams, a lot of them, uh, about Elon Musk. Wait, let me see if I can find this uh, story. Are you yawning? Yeah. Is that a passive aggressive? <laughs> it is kind of a. <laughs> According to psychologists who specialize in treating people suffering from nightmares and other sleep disorders, nightly visitations from Elon Musk are happening a lot these days. Such shared dream occurrences, which often happen during periods of instability, offer a broader insight into our collective psyche. When someone is in the press, it triggers a lot of dream images, said Gail Delaney, a Florida-based clinical psychologist and dream analyst. A lot of people are thinking about Elon Musk. He demonstrates the human lust for power, play, and creativity. He's also disappointed a lot of people. A search through Twitter confirms Musk is turning up constantly in people's subconscious right now, just as he is dominating like yours this week in Google. Uh, Ex-Google contractor settles lawsuit. This was, I thought, kind of interesting. Are you familiar weird story. with the Fellowship of Friends? Not Quakers. Yeah. No, no it's a uh, obscure religious cult that apparently has had a lot of influence inside Google. This is the stuff of... Or one part of conspir- it. Conspiracy. Interesting. Um, a former video producer for Google has settled a lawsuit claim, claiming he was fired after he complained that a religious sect had gained a foothold inside a business unit of the company. The Google Developer Studios, which makes those videos showcasing the company's technologies. We've seen them. We've shown them. The suit claims the leader of the business unit, Peter Lubbers, longtime member of the Fellowship of Friends, hired many of the religious group's members onto the team as contractors, helped some advance to full-time positions, and gave work to many others when staffing company conferences and parties. Google confirmed the suit had been resolved and also confirmed that Mr. Lubbers was no longer employed by Google, although it declined to explain his departure. Um, 
Well, it's like Landmark and Keller Williams. Well, it's you know what it's like? I didn't realize this, but the Kelly Company. You know, remember Kelly Girls? They don't call them that anymore, but Jeff and I no. remember it. Kelly Services, which is a well-known temporary company, uh, was sued similarly. A former Kelly employee claimed the company failed to promote her because unlike many co-workers, she was not a member of the fellowship. The court awarded her $6.5 million in damages. Lubbers came from Kelly Services. Now, honestly, this cult is not huge. The Fellowship of Friends describes itself as available to anyone interested in pursuing the spiritual work of awakening. This sounds good to me. 1,500 members around the world, 500 in and around Oregon House, California, which is... I was going to say, this sounds so California. It's There's very so California, many. yeah. And, you know, I don't think that they were like, they had some weird religious thing that they were trying to do with Google's video services. He was just hiring He hired his friends, it. people he knew. That was the yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's a weird story. New York Times covering it. Did I mention that Elon the, Musk is seeking new investors for Twitter? Had I mentioned that? <laughs> what do you think of Elon, Leo? I feel sorry for him. <laughs> you're a schmuck. Have I said you that? Pay the I eight, do. You know what? You're going to pay the $8, aren't you? No, 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 no. I don't feel that sorry for him. I just feel bad. <laughs> the poor guys. I feel Only bad for, for ye as well. Yay. Uh, I feel bad. I mean, you know, they're going through something and it's going through it in public. It's hard. It's hard. And I think he genuinely thinks that people are trying to kill him. I do now realize that's why he doesn't have a house. Right. I do feel sorry for him if he's, you know, Concerned about his security for yeah. his family. Yeah, it, he's know, worried. I, I don't blame him. I'm empathetic about that. Yeah. But some of the other crap that I mean, narcissists do turn to paranoia. Mm -hmm. It's. I mean, if you think the whole world revolves around you, then exactly. Well, the, the whole show revolves around me. I can't speak for the world. <laughs> oh, well, yes. That is true. <laughs> Tell it. Sir. We know it's not a democracy. <laughs> when I uh, quit my radio job, which my last show was on Sunday. I was yeah, very well, proud oh, because somebody wrote a little blog post about how they visited the cottage and stuff. And it was a very nice blog post. It was very and nice. It, and it got on Hacker News. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Unfortunately, Ooh. the title said something like, In Memoriam <laughs> for Leo Laporte. <laughs> oh, no. And people thought I died. Oh, uh, no. Which was kind of cool because I could see what people would say if I, when I Yeah, died. you got a Mark Twain moment. I got a Mark Twain God, moment. Yeah, I did. And I immediately said, you know what? I'm not dead. And uh, <laughs> that, to reassure them, but people said some very nice. There were some mean people said some mean things. And there were some people said I was too big for my britches, things like that. So mm -hmm. I know when I die that there will be some people who say nice things. There'll be some people who say mean things. But I feel sorry for Elon Musk. I'm just saying that John Carmack is leaving Meta after more than eight years. He's a contractor at Meta, but he is widely loved as the creator of Doom, a brilliant programmer, uh, who then started to work with Palmer Lucky at Oculus. When Oculus was acquired by Meta, he moved over to Meta, then Facebook. Uh, and he posted a, a post on um, Facebook in which he said, I, I have to leave. He said Meta, which is in the midst of transitioning, as you know, from a social networking company to one focused on the metaverse, was operating at, quote, half the effectiveness, has, quote, a ridiculous amount of people and resources, but we constantly self-sabotage and squander effort 
It has been a Uh struggle for me. I have a voice at the highest levels here, so it feels like I should be able to move things, but I'm evidently not persuasive enough and quit. Mm. He he was, you know, Mark's right-hand guy on uh, VR, I guess. Although, according to the Times, sometimes a dissenting voice about how the effort was going, he became known for internal posts that criticized the decision-making and direction set forth by Mr. Zuckerberg and Andrew Bosworth, Meta's chief technology officer. Carmack was a consultant is, part-time. Is, is his stance is just he's against this whole metaverse push? Uh, it's... Now you look like a chef whose mustache is migrated <laughs> to the top of his head. It's like that hair transplant didn't work out so well there. It worked there, so good. It works so good. Uh, anyway, it's a, I think this it's, whole show should be about ants. Ants you hat. Know, where where is ants tape at the moment? Where, ants roving tape. Where is ants hat. All right. Um, oh, but I didn't hear you answer. Now that I think about it. What was your question again? Is it? Is, Did you is feel sorry for Elon just, Musk? Yes, is his that, that he's against the 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 metaverse push? Is it, or does he have something? I so I have a theory, but I don't. I don't know if this is true, and I think we were talking about this on Twitter. That he, notice that he isn't. He was all about VR, right? Mm-hmm. And he was saying the company's not doing well with VR. They, you know, the Quest Pro should have come out years ago. But I think metaverse. I don't know. Is it VR or is is it is AR the future? And I think, and I'm wondering. Sounds like it was going to be AR, right? Yeah, and I'm wondering if maybe he doesn't like that direction i don't know those artists they hate compromise yeah and ar is the ultimate compromise it is but it's going to be the only way vr has a shot if you ask me well right if at all hey speaking of instagram they have finally you know instagram hacking is always god it was one of the things that get calls all the time on the radio show for people who's lost their accounts lisa lost several of her accounts yeah. uh instagram has i don't know how well it will work but it's a it's a response anyway they're adding new ways for tools to recover their accounts after being hacked. Instagram.com slash hacked. They'll have a feature for reporting and trying to resolve account access problems. What would happen if Meta pulls a Google and says, you know what, Agama, you better put 2FA on these accounts. You should. You can. They should. I mean, Google still doesn't make people, do they? I mean, they... They have made you, some. I thought it forced you it to, to for, your, for your email and stuff. Oh, okay, yeah. good. All right. I thought they forced it. Um, yeah, yeah they do. I, everyone should force it, especially if, well, especially for services that people find valuable. Right. Because um, yeah. it's not convenient, but my God, y'all, you just got to do it. Yeah. What What if Meta first forces people to do this? Um, I wonder what the hurdle would be because... Instagram users are more like, quote unquote, normal people, not a bunch of tech nerds. I feel like it would educate them. That's what I would hope, considering some of the phone calls and messages I've gotten in the past about, I can't get into my account or I was hacked. And I'm like, cool. Well, and you know, if they did like, so I remember when Fortnite did their special dance for people, like you could unlock a special thing. Um, MailChimp, when I did two-factor on MailChimp, they offered me a 10% discount. Instagram could offer like a compelling feature or something, like a, a filter. I don't know, just something. And so enable two-factor and then get some, pay some money to some influencers to use that filter and then everybody would do it. I mean, it's not, 
It's not hard to gamify two factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Washington Post. There, we talked about Google. There, done. Wait, y'all, y'all. I yeah. gotta be real. Be real, man. I'm I'm gonna fade in like soon. Good, we're I'm almost not done. trying to threaten y'all. No, we're done. Okay, I I'm like I'm things. just like oh man. Look at her Two eyes. more things. Look at her eyes. <laughs> uh, this will perk you up. It's been a hard day. This will perk you up. Oh. Festivus is uh, what Thursday? Today's Festivus. Happy, it's also the solstice. Happy Festivus. Here's a bear rubbing himself up against the Festivus pole. And you don't like the things I put up with a rundown. Happy huh? Festivus. Oh are you grateful for that? Are you going to rub yourself up on that Festivus pole? I, I, need, to, I need to leave before that Please happens. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> the airing of grievances will commence. Um, Festivus is today and solstice today. So do, so happy winter. What time? Sweet. Winter. 147 was solstice today. Three hours ago. Wow. Happy winter. It felt like winter for the whole week. So finally. Sure did. It's, yeah. it's dark here. It's going to be eight degrees here tomorrow. Did I show you the bear rubbing like up against the Festivus now. pole? You're welcome. Watch that again. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> now we know what the Festivus pole is for. And this comes from being on Mastodon. By the way, Washington Post is going to open go. Segway. a uh, well, Mastodon no, I, well, instance. Update, no, update, update, oh. update. Jeremy Bowers says they're considering it. I think he probably got ahead of his bosses a little bit. I think oh. they, I, I'm going to bet they probably will, but but he wasn't announceable. They're doing what's, the case, what's the case, Jeff, for uh, a media outlet to have their own Mastodon service? There's some See, debate about You this, couldn't do right? that on Twitter. And Twitter, everybody had to post on Twitter. Only one place. And one of the right. things people miss from Twitter is that centralized place where you get all your news. So there's arguments against it. There's arguments that say, well, no, the journalists should have their own place wherever they are. But but one, it can take portability of one's identity and social graph elsewhere if you quit the place. And so you you own your own identity, which is important. I, I think that the, for the for the place to share the load, as you do, Leo, by having twit.social, you're sharing the load in a federated world. And media outlets are going to benefit from Mastodon. They should join in. Um the post is doing other things you'll be proud of. They are going to put rel.me on all of their authors' pages. So authors at the Washington Post can verify through the Washington Post. Anywhere. So they even added, if they were on uh, my, my Mastodon instance or some other, exactly. they'd have a green box next to their name and their Washington Post link saying right. so, so they Jeremy really do work is, for us. Yeah. is on um, journal.host, but you can put rel.me on the post and say, I am really that. Yeah. And yeah. then they're also, they've also uh, already put um, a Mastodon button uh, on the uh, reporters' pages, so, so when you, can you go to wow. their page, wow! Now, what I really want, but I think it's probably technically impossible. You tell me. I would love for next to the share on Twitter, share on Facebook, etc., to be a share on Mastodon button. Problem is, of course, if I come along as a reader and I click on that, the post doesn't know what instance I'm on. Yeah. Uh, would it? Would it? Would it? Well, would it go to Mastodon? So it couldn't then go to Mastodon.social versus Twit.social because it doesn't know what the reader's on. Um, but I really want that share button there, and I wanted to, you know, displace Twitter. I think there's probably a way to figure it out. Um, I, I'm not sure what I. So you're saying I okay? I'm reading. Uh, well, unfortunately, you're reading a Washington Post story. Uh, this is a story. She's got email. She's got Twitter. She's got Insta. Well, there's also yeah. She's one, got one of the guys who got uh, so who got uh, go to Taylor Lorenz. Oh, Taylor Lorenz. Okay, there you go. That's that's a good. That's well, the other good. one who got uh, who got Drew Harwell was it? on there. Yeah. 
Um, so if um, I search for, let's search for Taylor. Um, let me see the other guy who was on there. Let me was see. that Drew Harwell? Yes, Drew Harwell. Thank yeah. you. Yes. Yeah. Look at his page. So uh, first I'll go to uh, Taylor because I can't change. She doesn't have Mastodon on here slow. either. So they need to. All right, well, go to, go to Drew. Go to Maybe Drew. it's in the article. You think it's at the end of the article? No, no, no. I don't think so. No, no, no. Because no, it's, it's from the author page. Go to Drew. Can't okay. you go to Drew? Yeah, I can do it, Drew. Just be patient. You know how, slow down, you buddy. Know how, I, uh, how I only got one <laughs> pair of hands here. Uh, Drew, because he was booted. He was one of the booted, the booted off folk. I think he's still not allowed to post. I yeah. Think, I think he's one of those. Yeah. Okay. Musk blamed a Twitter account for, okay, so yeah, this is, this is the story he did with Taylor that so got him his booted. Author page. That got click him booted. Name. Now I'm going to click his name and there's his Mastodon. There's a Mastodon button. That's going to go to his Mastodon profile. Yeah. Right. So this is one of the that's problems with Mastodon. That's a set address. There is a follow, but. And this is the problem is unless you're on that server, this is a two-step process. It's you have to doable. copy well, that also, link. There's a really neat plugin. Yeah. And then you I have to go instance. to your server. You have to log into your server. You have to paste that link in here, hit return, and then it will search for it. And, and I'm already following him. But there, then you will see his account and you could follow it from there. There's a nice Mastodon plugin that, that Son Jake sent me to. Uh, where it will it will automatically do that for you. Yeah, this is actually Here's there's a, a Google there's a Google tie into that. That's the guy who did Inbox. So yeah, he wrote right. he wrote a little JavaScript plugin for uh, Chrome that that nicens Mastodon. That, that is one right. of the problems with Mastodon is it's tricky to follow, but you can so do here, it. But here's the other question: I'm on a story. I want to share. I'm on a Washington Post story. I want to with one click share it on Mastodon. I want to go to Mastodon and have the link go there and populate with a card. And a that's headline, up to the like post. On Twitter. That's up to the post. That, well, no, no, no. I don't think it is. Yes, the I can is, tell you it is. Well, but here's the question: How would it know if you and I want to do the same thing? Watch. How would it know that for you, you've got to go to Twitter.social. For Watch. me, you've got to go to Mastodon.social. Watch. Okay, good. You want to see? Here I am yes, on Advent. Here I'm on Advent of Code, and I want to share. Uh, my results. So let me go back to, I, I solved this puzzle. This so crazy. at the bottom, you know, where it would say share, share on Twitter, which in fact it, it does, but uh, I can also share on Mastodon, right? Oh, so, so do that. Okay. Click that. that. Now it says, well, where do you live on Mastodon? Okay. Twit.social. That's the one hard part. And now Look here's a pre-filled post and I can Beautiful. add to it. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna that. It's what you me. want. So, so it is possible to do article. because Advent of Code, which is the great uh, Eric Wastel, he does an amazing job with this. That's um, pretty cool. He, you know, this is the the coding puzzles that uh, a lot of us uh, on the uh, Twit Discord are doing right now. You can see I'm way behind. I'm ten days behind now, <laughs> but uh, that's because I gave up on trying to do it all in real time. But yeah, th so it is doable. It's totally doable, and okay, I think that's that that's, no, there's that's that extra step. You have to say which. See, that's the weird thing. People go, well, Twitter's Twitter, right. So right. you don't have to enter right. Twitter.com. Mastodon's not. Everybody's on a different server. But I can follow anybody on any other server. The follow is really the biggest problem right now. Right. Right. Well, what I really want, I just want to stay on the, on the share thing for a second. I like the cards on Twitter. And I would love it if it would populate that's the a web standard. And the link, that's and a the card. That, and the card should come with, because it's Mastodon standard, alt text. Alt text. Yeah. And yeah. then it goes to that, Mastodon. That's all a web standard. I can almost like, retweet the article yeah. on, with a comment on top. Remember, Twitter, Twitter, so used, Twitter used to do that, right? Um, uh, that's a web standard. It has nothing to do with Mastodon or Twitter. Mastodon well, the papers will, have to. 
They have to, to properly the material format. up exactly. To, right, exactly. Yes. They have to properly format the share, and as you can see, but the card is a standard. Okay. Advent of code, code has done that, um, and so yeah, you can you can totally do that. That's not a hard thing to do. Um, but I I agree. Thank Mastodon, you. you've, 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 yeah, that's great. Mastodon is not as easy as Twitter. It's not Twitter. It's decentralized. To me, that's uh, yeah, its okay. strength because right. no one can buy it. No. By the way, the EU is creating its own Mastodon instances, which I think is fabulous. I think you're going to see that's one of the opportunities, I think, because it's decentralized, is that a, a media company can have its own server for its exactly. own people. A government or its community as well. Yeah. Right. If you so, the, I think SFBA is one. Right, and the the San Francisco Standard, the the head of that called me and said, "Should I start a, a, a instance?" I said, "You just kind of want to do some moderation." Right. But Mozilla's yeah. creating one. Uh, Vivaldi, the browser, has created one. I think this is going to. I think this. Uh, these young guys at Mastodon. Uh, this has somewhere. legs. It has legs. Well, the other this thing, could work. Could uh, the question. EU is also investing money into in various Fediverse. Yeah apps yeah. in in pixel fed and in others yep. so they're so happy that something came out from someplace from germany and someplace other than silicon valley they're uh putting their money up which i've said for years and years and years stop whining that you don't have google invest in your own startups figure it out yourself and so this is good more yep. competition it's a wonderful thing yep. business rather than regulating Invest in innovation. Let's wrap this beautiful puppy up in with a put a bow on it. It's the last show of the year for me Ring and for bell. you all. Ring your bell. And uh, <laughs> we, again, just a reminder, won't be here next week, but we will have a wonderful best of episode. Great stuff. I looked at the rundown. Uh, oh, yeah, it's fun. It's a, it's some really fun stuff from all, all year long. And then uh, we'll be back January 4th with the very first This Week in Google of the new Year. Stacey Higginbotham, so nice to have you. What is your thing this week? Well, it's kind of, this is not something I would recommend, but I also bought it for something. I, I'm just going to tell you about it because it's a device and you might see it and wonder, how's that? Okay. This is the Theragun Smart Goggles. Now, I have a Theragun, which I love, but I didn't know you could put it on your face. Yeah. Yes. This is a Theragun for your face. Hold on. Holy go. cow. So the Theragun that I have is a pneumatic device that pounds my muscles. Uh, does this pound your face Percussion. Muscles? It does. Percussion. <laughs> All right. Not as hard, I presume. Percussion I wouldn't know. So what this Yeah, I wouldn't want to percuss my cheekbones. That would hurt. Le go ahead. So is this me, for migraines or? About this. So I bought it for migraines. Here's what it is. For $199, there is a 60-day return policy, which is why I did buy it. Um, it is a pair of goggles that you wear. It has a sensor on the inside. Where the, There it is. Oh. oh, sorry. I'm covering up the sensor. That is supposed to match the vibrations. So it Ooh. vibrates, it heats, and it has these little, like, shiatsu knobbies that knob. Um, and... The sensor matches the vibrations to your heart rate. Mm. The idea is this will relax you quickly and put you to sleep. I'm going to sneeze in a second. Oh, so you'd Sorry wear it uh, going to bed? You wear it to go to bed or whenever you want to. They have three settings that are pre-programmed. One is... That's my she favorite setting. Cutest. Can I oh, have that setting? The achoo setting? the best. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Never apologize for your sneeze. Stacey. The focus setting, you which is like on, if you, you want to... 
if you want to focus. Oh, oh there it is. Look, there's the relax setting, which is just vibrations. And then there's the sleep setting, which is vibrations and heat. Um, this so sounds good. Yeah, that does. It, it, here, here's the verdict after a week of using it. I got it because I thought maybe it would help when I feel a migraine coming on, not yeah. in the throes of one, obviously. Yeah. It didn't work for that. Yeah. And what I found was the percussive stuff, it, it percusses right here. Uh, under your eyes, it percusses mm-hmm. kind of in your temple area around your eyes. And then in the center, it's a little off center for me. So when it tried to percuss here, like not much happened, but that could also just be Botox. I don't know. I couldn't feel oh, it. So there is that. <laughs> does, does Botox make but, you um, uh, numb? No, no. If you oh. walk up to me and do this, I can feel it. Oh, okay. I'm just teasing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just having fun. Um, Ask it so, for a friend. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it it does not make you numb. Okay. Um, anyway, so the headache stuff did not work for me. The relaxation stuff was actually nice. And like the heat on your eyes, like, you know how sometimes you'll rub your hands together and you'll do this and your eyes, you stick it to your eyes and then they relax. Mm. Okay. For people listening, I just rubbed my palms together and stuck my palms. Yeah. My eyes I was taught to do that by, by my optometrist. Yeah. yeah. So this is like that. And it's like 15 minutes of that. Um, this is really good. Exactly. Yeah, it's very relaxing. So that's nice. The percussion, it just kind of like squeezes in. Oh, good. It doesn't it tap, goes, tap, tap. No, it just, and it, it's like a wave pattern. So it squeezes in at your temples, then it unsqueezes. Then it squeezes in at, under your eyes, on top of your cheeks, and then it unsqueezes. And then it squeezes in the middle, and it unsqueezes. I kind of wanted some like shiatsu rubbing action mm. happening. Mm-hmm. That felt like it'd be nicer, but it was fine. Um and then the vibrations are also fine. The heat was probably the nicest thing. So if that's your thing, just buy like a twenty dollar heating thing. And yeah, you can put one in a microwave that warms it up. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if if you see this and you've got two hundred dollars and you're like, maybe some people on Reddit said it did help their headaches. I mean, it, there is a sixty day return policy. Unfortunately, not- you can't get it till January twenty fourth on Amazon. Because I thought this would be a nice Christmas gift, actually. You know, I don't know how I would react if someone gave me this for Christmas. Oh, it's thoughtful. It's like, you know, I care about you. When I give you a headache, use this. Yeah. He says to Lisa. Yeah. You you don't think this would be good for Lisa? We already have the the Theragun that pounds your thighs. Yeah. Oh, in my child, I should say. I I love them too. I put the. Oh, I love them too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The sensor. They, my child said the sensor, it has a little red light because it's tracking your heart rate using LEDs. Oh. They said that they found that distracting. Uh-huh. I did not notice it. I was like, you're supposed to close your eyes. And they're like, I did, mom. But- <laughs> Wait a minute. You have more than one child? No, I just have one. Oh, okay. Anyway, that's the deal. And they- I want these. Yeah. yeah, these look great. Thank you. Now go away. Go relax. <laughs> Take a nap. Have a wonderful holiday. Merry Christmas. Are you doing anything fun for Christmas? Um, we are sleeping here. Oh, you know what? I have sleep. I Snoopy. Snoopy. Will we get taken down if I play it? Uh, go ahead, play it. I don't care. Screw YouTube. <laughs> All right, here you go. <laughs> oh, he dances. Look at you. Oh, you know what? That sounds so crappy. I can't imagine us getting taken down. If we get taken down by the Vince Guaraldi estate. That's awesome. 
Do they have a little Woodstock bird that can dance with him? Because that would be really cute. Oh, that would be amazing. No, that's that we in my house. The rule is when that plays and anyone can play it at any time. Yeah. We all have to stop and dance. Oh, I love it. Very effective. I want to move with you. I want to move in. I want to (laughs) dance. Stacey, have a great Christmas. Take care. Y'all too. Thank you. Jeff Jarvis, number of the week. Hmm. Well, I got to ask you this question. So the New York Times did one of those, uh, we don't understand the rest of the country stories. And I wanted to see from the from you guys who actually know, they declared that San Francisco's streets are empty. The new uh, the Des Moines. Decided, I said that. It's like the new Des Moines. I, I, was, I was in Des Moines once and there was nothing there. Nothing. No the one was Moines. on That's because they're all in tunnels no underneath the uh, ground and above the it's cold. street. It's so cold. is that is that an accurate uh, view? Of I haven't been there in a while. I'll tell you. It's accurate. Well, maybe that's why. It's accurate, says uh, Benito. Do you live in the city, Benito? He lives the in the mission. And it's just got really quiet now. Downtown. You know why? Wow. It's scary down there. People are pooping on the streets. They're yelling at you. They're breaking into cars. This is the financial. I think they. I think they. Yeah, that's the other problem. There's no Benito saying there's nobody working there anymore. Nobody working. That's the real issue. But I think it's also as a tourist. I don't want to go there. Maybe I'll go to, you know, the outskirts of town. uh, But uh, the thing that San Francisco always did brilliantly was that it ghettoized the tourists. Right. No San Franciscan ever goes to Girardelli Square. No. Never. Nor Pier but 39. tourists think that's real yeah. San Francisco. Right. You know, they have the Irish coffee, and they think they're living the San Francisco life. And it's brilliant, right? It, 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 it pushes them off in the corner. Oh, Fisherman's Wharf. Yes, you'll love that. Yeah, yeah, we all go there all the time. Wait, wait. Yeah, I went there once. Wait, He's like, huh, okay. I went there to see the seals. No, are the yeah. seals? What are those? Pier 39, yeah. Fisherman's Wharf, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was lovely. Yeah, but you didn't go there to buy a hat or something or a piece of art. There's, they sell art. No, I went well, to see bad sales. art. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, but you could get cotton candy and ride the her merry-go-round and stuff. I think it's yeah. all right. There was yeah. a merry-go-round. Oh yeah, on Pier Thirty Nine. <laughs> yeah, next time. When Pier Thirty Nine is like the worst. <laughs> it's oh, a little crowded. Lisa and I and uh, Michael went there uh, during COVID. It was so terrifying. It was so scary, <laughs> but it was crowded. It was very crowded. So I have really? a feeling they're talking. Yeah, this is the downtown area, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's financial history. Benito, that's good. Uh, you you live in Des Moines now. <laughs> the mission is probably still pretty vibrant. I think the mission, yeah, the mission's kicking. Yeah, I love the mission. Um, all right, there you go. There's a number zero. Uh, uh, Aunt Pruitt, pick of the week. I got two. There's some holiday deals. Uh, Sony has some holiday deals going on some of the camera bodies, and I. Alex Lindsay showed a ten thousand dollars Sony camera on MacBreak Weekly yesterday. Oh, man. The Venice, uh, yeah. Venice, that the new PTZ camera. Oh, the PTZ. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, I love these my, are ones. I love my are, Sonys. Yeah, these are a couple years old, so they're really, really inexpensive right now. One of them is a point and shoot. The ZV one is. This I think is the it's vlogger like camera. Seven hundred dollars. Right? I've wanted this camera. And yeah, it was for pretty a while. solid. Yeah. And then there's the A7C, which is a full-frame camera, but mm. it's really, really tiny. So if there's somebody that's wanting to upgrade to full-frame, um, I think it's a, a pretty nice camera. It's not my cup of tea because it's so daggum small, but you still get a really nice Sony sensor on it. Uh, I think it was about $1,500, 16 I can't remember how much money, but it, it was a it says nice 18 on, on your one. website. 18. Yeah. What is yeah. a full-frame okay. camera? Oh, Stacey. Uh, the sensor is larger. 
in in a four frames, thirty, essentially like a thirty five millimeter. Same uh, size as a piece of thirty five millimeter piece of film. The bigger the sensor, the more light it can gather. The better the more quality. light you can capture. Yeah, right. So the faster you can. Okay. Yeah, and also more pixels. You know, more uh, pixels. Yeah, uh, larger pixels. You know, pros uh, though, almost always pixel four frame doesn't frame. look the same as a forty eight megapixel iPhone. It's right. not the same. Right. Just doesn't right. look the same. Right. You're, uh, a, you're a Canon checker. shooter though, right? More than yes. Yeah, I yes, like sir. Sony. I do. I have a lot of Sony gear. Sony's nice. Yeah, Sony's nice. Um, spider checker. This reminded me. I needed to get another one because biscuit destroyed mine like an idiot. I had mine out on the floor and he got a hold of it. So folks that are in phot- photography, get yourself a color checker um, because I'm seeing a lot of weird skin tones out there <laughs> with some people's photography and yeah, get yourself a color checker. So this is like a card you hold up the first shot and then that way you could do color. Right. I have a great card I carry with me. Great cards will work too. And this yeah. actually will, I believe it has a great card on the backside of it. Um, Works very well. You can install the data color software with your, well, not software, plug in with your editing software, and it'll help do all of the calibration and get you squared away. Oh, so that's nice. So this works with its spider. So, yeah, spider makes one of those things you suck under your screen. Yeah, you can put those. Yeah, I have yeah. one of those, too, somewhere yeah. over here. Oh, so this can't screen. be too expensive. This is, it's a no, color it's like, colors. Yeah, I think it's, well, it comes with this little case, little protective case. It's like, have you seen the Pantone color palette? Ooh, that's (laughs) That's expensive. (laughs) This one, I think it's, I think is now marked down to 80 bucks for the holidays, something like that. So, Spider from datacolor.com. Yeah. And I want to shout out, lastly, the local kids that are signing on National Sign-In Day. Uh, I've been, I've had the pleasure of watching Sai Vajawali for the last three years play ball here at Rancho Katati, who officially signed today with the Cal Bears, the Bears, to play football. So congratulations Congratulations. to that young man and everybody else around the country getting an extra opportunity. He caught that ball with his thighs. That, that was a catch. <laughs> yeah, they called it incomplete. And I remember thinking, I, th- I thought with he his caught thighs. that. So you can catch a ball with your thighs. Tape. Yeah, it yeah, that. It, it controls it. <laughs> it didn't hit the ground. Didn't hit well, the his ground. knees did, but, you know. <laughs> That's a catch. It's but a catch. they ruled it incomplete because there's no instant replay in high school. Yeah. But, um, yeah, today's a big day for a lot of kids getting an extra opportunity to further their education and get to play football on the next level. So, so they get they it. find the out present. this early in December what college they're going to be playing This is early. For. This is early. This is yeah. early signing day. There'll be another wow. signing day usually in, in February-ish. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um for people to So get this ready is people got early season. acceptance. Right. Yeah. How exciting. Cal's a big I found that football the, the, power. the hat you should get in for Christmas on line 86. Oh good. Where is that? Line 86. Six. 86, because he has such a sad effort with his hat. This is the new. Then we're going to get you this hat, Ant. So you'll be, you'll be ready for. Oh wow! <laughs> I actually might buy that for myself. That's pretty. Uh, I, mean, I think so. I think my this Etsy store has a lot Jarvis. of them. You'll love. Yeah, you the should see hat. the hat Andy was wearing at MacBreak Weekly yesterday. It was almost as dopey as this. It, <laughs> This takes the cake. Can this we buy him a loot too? Yeah, that is awesome. It's the, it go to the store. The medieval the chaperon. All he needs is a fife. Oh, he has a whole bunch of medieval. 
Yeah. Hat crap. Oh. <laughs> That's so good. I like how serious he looks, even though. <laughs> even though. Oh, you can twist it up that way. Look nice. at that. It's a turban. Oh, it's a hat. Man. So, it what is that? The colors. What is that? Yeah. Stuff Whoa. like at the bottom is that like a little uh, for a napkin? Trim. What is that? No, no, the long, the long strandy thing. What is that for? Uh, when you're having that smoked turkey leg, you need to wipe your lips. With toss it over your shoulders you to let people <laughs> know you're a bard. Yeah, I'm just. I, I, I was just curious what the function of that was because okay. I'm Every, sure it had one. You, oh, absolutely. Everybody probably a scarf, right? Everybody forget you saw this because I'm going to wear it next year. <laughs> I don't. I don't want Jeff to get any credit at all. That is awesome. Absolutely hilarious. Huh? Oh, wait a minute. You have to sew this yourself. What? Oh no. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> oh man. You got to sew it yourself. Option. Wow. Industrial yeah. manual or, ma oh, I guess that's them. Maybe they're doing it. No, no, no. Do you want it to be so authentic that you do it that yourself? They, that they do their own sewing. Hand sewn. Surely they explain no that. Yeah, probably some. Oh, I see. Would you don't you? need it to be authentic. No, no. There's all sorts of, oh, a Renaissance medieval elven king princes men men's uh, circlet you put on your head. That's cute. That's a men's? I'd look good in it. That's if that feels like a pretty generic thing. You know, yeah. like men would. Honestly, any head could wear that. But heavy rests the head that lies the crown on the thing. <laughs> <laughs> so there. Ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the concluding uh, moments wow. of this fine program. We thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we encourage you to join us again when we come back. Of course, next week, a very nice best of. We'll be back. Funny January stuff. 4th. Lots of funny stuff. Funny, funny stuff. Speaking of funny moral stuff. panic. Lots of moral that's panic. That's Jeff Jarvis, the director of the Town Night Center for Entrepreneurial Journalism at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at the City University. Of and googly Canada. eyes. Hilarity with googly eyes. Is there googly eyes in the, the special? In the rundown is there. Yeah, yeah. How exciting. And my Robo Burger adventure. <laughs> yes, that was a classic. <laughs> Jeff Jarvis covered with grease. Uh, Stacy, thank you so much. Stacy on IOT.com. Survive, Stacy. You must read all her stuff. Join, subscribe, and of course, get her podcast, the, the IOT podcast with Kevin Toffel, who is also on Mastodon. And uh, we will see you not next time, but uh, maybe we will if you can call us from uh, CES. But otherwise, yeah, and yeah. and sent me some mics, but Jehoshaphat's well, they're two hundred dollars a piece. We can send you a good mic. We can <laughs> they send work. you. We'll send, we'll send <laughs> they you. They work for two hundred dollars. They better do more than oh, what they better massage mics, my good face. A good mic's <laughs> worth of its weight in gold. And Pruitt, twit.tv slash hop hands on photography. <laughs> He's not wearing a fish on his head, kids. That's his tongue. Uh, you can also buy his prints at antpruitt.com slash prints. And uh, he's the community manager at the best place, the happiest place on earth. No, I'm not talking Disneyland. I am, I am talking our beautiful, wonderful Club Twit. If you're oh, yeah. not a member, you really ought to be one. On Mastodon, a lot of folks said, I'm I'm a member of this club because I, I love Twit and I, and I yeah. don't even care about the commercials. I'm not getting the commercials. I just want to support you. it. 
Here's Ant's next hat. Memes. Uh, (laughs) 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 That's all in the club. Now, what do you get? You get ad-free versions of all the shows because you're giving us seven bucks a month, so we don't need to foist ads upon you. No tracking, no ads. You even get shows that we don't put out in public like Hands on Windows with Paul Therott, Hands on Macintosh with Micah Sargent, the Untitled Linux Show, all those special events that Aunt Pruitt puts together as our community manager. In fact, the next event is January 12th, Stacy's Book Club, Project Hail Mary. We're going to do an inside twitch. Fleischman was awesome. Fleischman's great. That chat was so much much fun last week. Yeah, Glenn Fleischman. So that's on the Twit Plus feed if you're a club member. All of this stuff gets on the Twit Plus feed. Win Two Tau is going to be in uh, February. Uh, Lisa and I will do an inside twit on uh, January 19th. But you got to be a club member. Now, another good thing to know is there's it's seven bucks a month, but you can also get an annual membership, pay once every year. And that's a good gift. I'm just saying twit.tv slash club twit to find out more. The club really makes a difference. We really probably wouldn't be doing the Mastodon. Uh, without the club, because the Mastodon's getting pretty expensive. Same with our forums, our IRC. Do you use Masto.host? I do. He's fantastic. Hugo, the guy who runs it. Uh, and all of our data... So Jake is talking to him, yeah. It, Good. Well, Jake's running his own yeah. instance, I saw. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah, and Hugo knows a lot about... Uh, they. Cl- they. He when, when the onslaught began, he shut down new subscribers be, uh, you know new uh, customers because he couldn't support we want to make sure it was well, he also says he wants to serve he wants to ha- handle no more than 25 percent of instances yes because he doesn't want another monolithic being there <laughs> i love Point hugo. Of failure <laughs> i love hugo he's been fantastic uh yeah it makes it very easy to have your own instance um i i, I don't plug it because i don't think he wants new customers but he's if, not opening up again yet but I yeah uh, masto.host is the best way to Host Mastodon, he's been really good. Wait, it's not hugely expensive. It's three hundred fifty dollars a month right now, and I'm I'm really only. How many users are you up to now? More than five thousand. Wow! Wow! If it gets much I, bigger, it was two. Yeah, if it gets much bigger, it's gonna uh, probably have to go to another tier, kind of a custom tier. I if you if you want to join, anybody's listening to this should and can. Uh, but tell your friends if they want to join. It's really for Twit listeners, not not Club Twit, but just anybody who listens to Twit. So say I listen to the Twit or I, I'm here to follow Jeff Jarvis or Leo or Andrew. Anything like that will get you in. If you just say I'm getting off of Twitter, I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna approve your application because I just don't want to overrun by people who aren't twist, Twit listeners. I, it's got to be a tight community. It's the joy of the community. Yeah. Community, but baby. there are five thousand plus instances. There's plenty of places you can go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, don't join. My mind and I see that I have a thousand people following me right over now. here. I'm like, wow. Don't join the big instances. Is my suggestion. Like I did. You're on Mastodon.social. That's half a million people. Um, and and you so, know, so the, so the local feed is useless to me. Yeah, I, I go somewhere where it's people uh, that you know, or ge- there's a San Francisco Bay Area instance, for instance. Go somewhere it's geographic. SFBA you know, social. Yeah. Area. Go somewhere for migraine sufferers, whatever it is. That's a, actually a pretty quiet instance. But anyway, there's instances for every. Stop shouting. Would you all be quiet? Everybody. Please. It's, I Dark have to mode say. for the win. <laughs> a dark mode for all. I always had problems with, with uh, Twitter fights and just it always made me kind of queasy. 
Mastodon is just, it's different. I'm loving it. I'm it's just really, loving it. there's good information. I should have listened to you long ago. Yeah. Well, it wasn't like this long ago. It wasn't just like this. It was, it was like the migraine one. It was very quiet. But, <laughs> but it's uh, it's got a little uh, more uh, interesting now. And follow people. Yeah. Uh, there, there are a number of good tools for using to uh, follow uh, people over from Twitter. Um, actually, uh, Paul Thorat came up with a really nice one that Willow Ramis had mentioned on Mastodon. Let me see if I can find the name. Uh, because it, what it does is it, it goes out, scrapes all the people off of Twitter, and you could follow them on your instance with one click. Move to Don dot org. Move to Don. Move to Don dot org. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, he's great. Uh, you have to sign into your Twitter account and your Mastodon account. So create a Mastodon account. First, he finds people who have mentioned a Mastodon address in their profile or a pinned tweet. Yeah. And unlike the others, which only give you a CSV of everyone, this lets you Uh-oh. pick one off at a time okay. of who you want to follow on Mastodon. Yeah. And it does a, it does a really good job. I um, really slick. If really you slick. are feeling like, oh, I'm on Mastodon, but the, nobody I know is here, um, just go through the process. This gives you a, a starter kit of buddies. Yeah. It scrapes it through, and uh, you can see there's a lot of people. I'm following most of these. You can sort it by when they joined Mastodon, how long they've been on, or when they've most recently been active. So it gives you a really good idea of uh, you know what who you're you know who you're going to follow. As you can see, I followed everybody uh, on here. Oh, here's somebody, oh, James oh, Cridland. Yep, got to follow you, James, podcaster. Uh, Connie Guglielmo, a regular on our shows, the editor in chief oh, yeah, of CNET. Uh, I thought I already followed Adriana Langston, so maybe no, this sometimes is, it, it does that. Sometimes it, it shows me places that I thought I followed. Might, fact, might be an alternate account. Some people have multiple accounts, that kind of thing. Anyway, it's very it's very handy, and, and really you cool. can really bring every. There's Kevin Tofel. Get the name of the guy to give him credit. Give him credit, but it's good. Yeah. Uh, move to don dot org. Our Mastodon instance is twit social. If you want to support it, we don't take direct donations, but join Club Twit. You'll be supporting it. Yes. Twit.tv slash Club Twit. Thank you, everybody. I hope you have a wonderful holiday. Enjoy your Festivus. Don't get too angry in the airing of grievances, uh, but let them out. Let it out. You'll feel <laughs> you'll feel much better. Much better. And then have a waffle. And then have a waffle. And life is good. Yeah. Christmas Eve, Hanukkah. This is the third night, I think, of the fourth night of Hanukkah. Kwanzaa. Um, Kwanzaa. Um, or just celebrate the solstice. But whatever it is that you do at this time, this dark time of year, make sure there's lots of light, love, and family all around you. And cookies. And cookies and waffles. Or waffles. Yes. Or donuts. And, and have a happy new year, too. And uh, we'll all be back next year. Thanks for joining us. It's been great being with you this year. We'll see you next time on Twig. Thanks, everybody. Bye, my friends. Bye. Bye. Bye, y'all. Don't miss All About Android every week. We talk about the latest news, hardware, apps, and now all the developer goodness happening in the Android ecosystem. I'm Jason Howell, also joined by Ron Richards, Florence Ion, and our newest co-host on the panel, Wen Tu Dao, who brings her developer chops really great stuff. We also invite people from all over the Android ecosystem to talk about this mobile platform we love so much. Join us every Tuesday, All About Android on twit.tv. I am ready. I've got my festive hat on. I've got my... uh... Look at that jacket. I got my festive uh, jacket on.
Wow. <laughs> doesn't really fit very well. Uh, <laughs> I got to be honest, though, that jacket may incite another migraine. I'm just going to be real. It really is. It, is a, um, it might be in me. Uh, all right, let's do it. Let's get going. Sorry, we're so late. I apologize. But this is the last show of the year. Wait a minute. What does my hat say? <laughs> Cat girl? What does it say? Cat girl? <laughs> I thought this was a Christmas hat. What did you grab? I thought it was dude? a MAGA hat because it's like camouflage yeah, and red. that. Let's put on a Christmas oh, hat. Oh, boy. Wait oh a God. minute. There we go. It's <laughs> not a Christmas hat. I don't know what it, it is. Maybe Ant knows because it's, it's got an N on it. Is it, it looks like a, Nebraska. Am I, a, am I a corn husker? It looks like Nebraska's in that red. I'm a corn husker. All right. Well, I got some other ones. Wait a minute. This is oh, this is good. This is a Santa hat. There you go. Yeah, see, that <laughs> yeah, fits Santa like my, like my stocking does. <laughs> okay, that's not going to work. Uh, it's a good thing I brought a few of them out. There you go. Your crown. I don't know what the hell. I mean, are we doing Alice in Wonderland after this? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what that is, but he just has a whole bunch of hats just sitting there. Yeah. Oh, I do. Oh, this is it. I got it now. There you go, Aunt. That'll That's stay. what we'll do. The camera's too low. That'll stay on you. It's the other, the other side of my cup. <laughs> oh yeah it's like i had the cup on my head i don't know what this fan is fascination is with santa's lower half but uh <laughs> this is gold i don't know what this is and what's funny it's is people tune in to watch gold. this show i don't know i don't know why yeah i got a, I got a message to me watch Watch, it says, I stop in the middle of whatever I'm listening to when I get my twig. So, <laughs> all Thanks, right. y'all. That's not good either, actually. Although, Hilarious. When I wore this on Windows Weekly, out of your head, uh, they, Bert came uh, running 20. in with a giant wrench and said, you got you to gotta cut off that ball, that bell. Oh, that's right. That bell is annoying. Because that is will it? drive Is that going to give crazy. you another migraine? Uh, no, because if I feel anything coming on, I'll just gone. duck and go. You're out of here. I, uh, I, won't, I won't do this. I promise. I just... Well, he's going to shake his head at me. I know. <laughs> no. 